Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Trust the process. Trust the process. Ladies and gentlemen and sports fans of all ages, welcome to the Swear Word Party. Trust the process. Vancouver's sixth best Canucks-related show, but the number one Canucks 76ers NFL pro wrestling movies, TV, music, and pop culture extravaganza. Please welcome your hosts, Wyatt the Stanchion Arts and Jay Bowman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Trust the Process, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, an awesome assembly of shows covering every team in the NHL and a whole lot more. Follow the network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter for new episodes of your favorite shows every day. Welcome to TTP and welcome to the Swear Word Party. I am Jay Bowman and I'm joined as always by Mr. Wyatt Arndt, the stanchion, le stanchion en français, croissant. Uh, Wyatt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I do want to say last week we, we did, or the week before, we talked about potentially Manscaped approaching us and getting on board. We haven't heard back. It was last week. And yeah. uh, so I want to give a little sample. Maybe they're still wondering if we're, we're ready for them. So I do want to tell you about uh, the performance package that's available. Uh, tell me all about it. It's a 4.0. So they've gone through four iterations of this to perfect it. Not 2.0. None of that 3.2 bullshit. It's 4.0 perfected four times. You know what you get in that? You get the lawnmower 4.0. Trim, oh, okay. Trim your pubes as much as you want. You know, ear and nose hair? Boom. Weed whacker right there. What about your balls? They can shave sometimes. What about my balls? Right? You run in a lot. You jog in the woods. Something starts chafing. Oh, it's the worst. It's yeah. awful. Not with a crop preserver or the crop reviver. You want to tone those balls? Boom. Done. Does it preserve and revive? There's, well, if you want to preserve, crop preserver. You want to revive, crop reviver. They cut you covered on both ends. Good. Right? So they're not just doing this half-assed. Pun intended. Yeah. Uh, and again, at the end of the day, you want to dispose of these shaving mats. They've got some magic mats in there as well. Like Magic Mike, less sexy, but more durable and needed. So again, Manscaped, I know you're listening. Bring us on board. Yeah. We'll do and it for it's you. Like, it, it's, a, it's not a high bar to be less sexy than Magic Mike. Most things are less sexy than Magic Mike. Yeah, exactly. So, again, for everyone out there, we have been waiting to sell our souls and get on board. Anyone who wants us to get on board, we're here for you. We're for sale. Yeah. We're for sale. We're we have business. no integrity. <laughs> no, we have integrity. Don't it, say that. <laughs> yeah, but it's really fortunate when an excellent product like Manscaped yeah. comes along. Don't have to lie about it. And it's real. something we believe in. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to shill. How many times just, were I mean, we in the locker room, in the scrums, and we could tell we shared a look, and we knew that our situation downstairs <laughs> wasn't so great? Okay, I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many times? Too many to count. Yeah, yeah. and you, you, I looked over once in a while. You know what I saw? I saw Blake Price looking totally fine, comfortable, chill. I think he was on the Manscaped program. Yeah. I think there was some preserving happening right there. 100%. So. Yeah. All right. Well, it's great to hear about those wonderful products from Manscaped. I'm telling you, man. It's good shit. Yeah. Good right shit, on. pal. Good. Good. Oh, it's good shit, pal. Uh, right on. Uh, we are still doing the show as its podcast version. The Mate Shack Save on Meats is still shut down. Uh, you can find the show on iTunes, on Spotify, pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. Doesn't matter when you listen to the show because. Anytime is a good time for the swear word party. 
anytime is a good time for the swear word party. I do like how you threw a little old-timey twinge on that. There was a little <laughs> bit of old-timey twinge thrown in there. Listen here, you bunch of cracker jacks. Let me yeah. tell you about this. You were selling me a monorail for a second. I was very excited. <laughs> yeah. North Haverbrook loves their monorail. So. They've got a meat shack uh, in North <laughs> <laughs> And Ogdenville as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, Wyatt, there is actually some legitimate Canucks news and stuff to get into because they have their, they're wearing their equipment, they're on the ice, and they're doing the things. We're, we're almost back, boys and girls. We are almost back. I say we talk about it for a little bit. What do you think? Hey, we're, we're legally obligated to. We're paid for it. Let's do it. All right. Canucks and Seven presented by Van City Original. Wyatt, it has happened. Training camp has begun, and what is dominating social media is bag skate discourse. Yeah, bag your thoughts. Oh, man. All this, it's bag skate mania. People have been chomping at the bit for some actual legitimate Canuck on ice action to talk about, and obviously, the first thing that's going to drive that conversation is the infamous Travis Green bag skates, the little puddles of puke, players laying on the ice as if they're dead. Your thoughts on all the bag skate chatter in the last couple of days? I'd like to think that Ekman Larson now knows uh, he's in Vancouver because fuck yeah, you're not you're not wrong there. Yeah, you could drive a car into the ice during preseason in Phoenix and do you know do Tokyo drifts. It wouldn't matter. No one's gonna give a shit. No one's gonna report on that. Uh, Vancouver, uh, you lag behind the bag skate. We're on you. <laughs> We're wondering immediately. <laughs> immediately. No, I do want to say like there's obviously a level. I thought like. It, I do like you talked about it and people too. I wasn't gonna have to use my tweet, but a lot of people are like, Hey man, I I'd be bad at a bag skate too, which I, I understand because you kinda wanna limit people going too far with it. Like when you see someone fail a bag skate, it's not end of the world. Like like yeah, it's, okay. If you can, if it's okay if you subtweeted me. Yeah, no, yeah, I went after you. No, I, you know I gun you, you down sh- to your face. I wait for the show, I gun <laughs> you down. It was actually for other people. But I knew yeah, the yeah, timing yeah. of it was like you're you were the straw I that s- broke my back. <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, Well fuck you. I almost tweeted you a picture of a submarine. Hey, here's this for your tweet, sir. You you left this somewhere. <laughs> Marshan going low on Salo. <laughs> your subtweet, sir. No, I just see it all day where people are like apologize, like, hey, I, I'd be bagging the bags. Hey, like, no shit, we all would be. But I do like that. The idea behind it is, like, don't get too crazy. It's one day. Um, yeah. Don't use that to pile on the guy. It's one thing to note. It's like, a, it's like a little, it's one piece of the ingredient, right? You're making a pie. You're not going to freak out and you just you see the fucking nutmeg. It's just one piece. We're, we're not even there yet. You just noted it and file it away. It's kind of like when Jake Vertan would show up to camp out of, out of shape. On its own, wasn't a big thing, but overall, it became a thing, right? Which kind of takes me to Joe Levy. Joe Levy, to me, is more worrisome. Because OEL, fine. He, like, even Henrik said, if you're not with the team, if you don't know these, these bag skates, you're not ready for it, it's going to kill you. So the people who come yeah. back who know about them, it's more on them to know about it. But I will say, everyone, quick side note. You know who nailed those bag skates? Luke Shan. Anyway. Your boy. Yeah, yeah, I know. So. I, was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to get there. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, these things are notorious. And who knows what Arizona's training camp looks like? Probably just some Tokyo drifting. 100%. They get cars, they go out there, or they just eat hot dogs. It's, 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 you know, it's nothing big. We'll, we'll get Kat Silverman on the show. She's a goalie expert. She's out in Arizona. She can tell us all about it in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a big MCR fan. My Chemical Romance, your favorite band. So, <laughs> you, you, 
you look at this, and yeah, OEL, he lagged a bit fine. Uh, Henrik Yo defends him, which is good. Yeah, cause again, I want to say in one night, Henrik dismantled all that stuff better than Benning has done any sort of PR. Like, Henrik's like, hey, man, not a big deal. Like, I love how he handled it. It was awesome. It was what you want from someone who's speaking on behalf of the team. So, thumbs up. Henrik passed his first test. Benning, take notes. OEL, fine. He struggles. For me, it's uh, more about uh, Joe Levy because... Again, you can come and camp with the best sheep of your life. We saw Jay Beagle show up, and he said, oh, I've never felt better, and you know, we saw what he did. There's only so much that's going to do for you. You still have to show it on the ice. But Joe Levy now has a history. It's like, again, going to the Jake Furtanen comparison. When Jake Furtanen showed up out of shape for camp like three years in a row, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, you said it earlier. I'm like, which time? Yeah, right? Like, you, <laughs> which Canucks? Abby Canucks? <laughs> it's the same thing. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> which, when Jake Furtanen showed up out of shape to camp, which camp? Yeah, which camp? <laughs> which camp are we talking about? And that's the thing. So, again, at the end of the day, it's what you do in the ice. But if Jolevi has struggled, he's a bubble player. He's trying to prove that he belongs on this team. You don't want to give the coach any excuse not to play you, right? Like, you want to show yeah. up and do the best you can. And, hey, fair enough. If there's something else, like, say, COVID really dragged him down, he wasn't ready for it, fine. But if you're a coach, you're looking at players, it's a tight roster. You see Luke Shen come in, like, pushing everyone out of the way. Stamond is great, looking fantastic. And you've got Jolevi struggling to stay on his feet. Maybe you're leaning towards giving Lucien more of a chance to start the season. And that's all it takes sometimes to derail your career a bit, right? So that's, it's a bad optics. Again, maybe it alternates around. Maybe Jalevi comes in, his lights out preseason, all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're looking at terms of, does this look good for me, a guy that's trying to make the team, a guy that has question marks about my ability as an NHL player, no, it's not a good thing. So I think people are allowed to point that out. Like, hey, you know, like, stand in your feet. Like, again, I, if you rolled on the ice with, like, a Roussel type of character that's kind of, like, over the top, just being pretending he's, like, I'm dead, fine. But from what we know of Jalevi, that's not his personality. I think you really needed the oxygen. And you see teammates like, get, get the fuck up, bro. Bro, don't yeah. let you bleed, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't sell it. Yeah, don't, don't sell, sell it. it. Don't sell it. Don't sell it. JT Miller, like, getting livid in his head, I'm sure. Like, what are you doing? And you see media <laughs> running over to take the picture. Like, it was, it's like, I couldn't think yeah. of a worse thing to do in a sports mad city than what you let me do. <laughs> I've seen mock-ups of tons of t-shirts with it like already it's planking it's like a meme now planking if you're yeah. tired than the routes you're like and again some of it, i don't want to go too far like, i found it funny i did a couple of jokes but like at the end of the day this is still a kid that needs to prove that he belongs in this team and we've talked about it before when you're a first rounder in the nhl it gives you so much leeway if he was not a first rounder right now i would be worried he'd be getting cut just from that alone like yeah with a chance oh, he's gotten yeah. right like he's so lucky that the canucks have you know got the gambler fallacy of we've invested enough in him already we've got to try and make it work whereas if he was like a, a fourth round pick, I don't think he'd like that's you wouldn't even think about him. Like whatever, no big deal. He's not making the team. So yeah. again, there are, there's always things we don't know. Maybe he's got injuries. Who knows? But it's, for a first impression and optics and for what he's been through, like in terms of trying to make the team, yeah, it is a talking point. Do you want to see his career is over? No, of course not. But if you're like, what is your takeaway from day one and two of camp? Your first thought is, well, that's not a great first impression from Jolevi, and that's fair. Yeah, and he also doesn't have the insulator of Vertanen showing up out of camp and Vertanen dominating. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's true. It's true like, yeah. That was always the one that kind of was the, you know, the, the de- not the decoy, but that's what everyone, that's the lightning rod. That's what everyone's talking about. Fucking Vertanen again. Jesus. And, you know, other players are able to kind of, you know, skate under the radar a little bit. But now it's not the case. And that's where, like, OEL in the back skate, same thing. Now he's new to it and everything. And Henrik did a great job of shutting that down. But everyone's kind of looking for not necessarily that training camp whipping boy. But with this being a super, super important season, like all of them have been under Benning's era, uh, yeah, you really don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that slowest person in your zombie team. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
Yeah. As long as you're faster than the slowest guy, it's fine. But now that Vertanen's exactly. gone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know who no one's talking about? The person who finished second to last in yeah. those back skates. He's so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. I was absolutely talking it. But Larson, oof, the new guy, super slow. <laughs> I bet Thank he whispered to OEL, like, go, go real hard at the beginning. Go hard during practice. <laughs> like, yeah. stand back the guy. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't know what you've heard, but they actually, I heard they're not going to do the bag skates at the end of practice this year. So, you know, leave it all yeah. on the ice during uh, drills and stuff. You yeah. don't need to worry about it. Don't save your legs. Make don't a good save first your impression, legs. Put bro. it all out there. <laughs> yeah, put it all out there. Oh, those two on two drills? You want to go hard for those. That's, I hear they're going to make the entire team based on how two on two and three on two drills go. So, I feel like if you're going to invest your energy, do it there. there that was a Luke Shen trick. Yeah, Luke Shen did that. That's a little veteran trick from yeah. Luke Shen. <laughs> Meet you in the ninth <laughs> green. <laughs> Or either that or you're going to have a gimmick like Roussel where like, oh, what a jokester. Look at him rolling around on the ice. Look at him laying down there gasping for air as a joke. Yeah. Right? He's got that he sort of charming gimmick. He could have gotten away with that. BX could have gotten away with that. But Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I was just joking when I did that. It's all good. Maple syrup. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Juicy perfect. Juicy perfect burger. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, other folks not there, obviously dominating a lot of the conversation as well. Uh, Travis Hamanick, uh, team is mostly vaccinated. Hamanick is not there right now. Uh, it's not going to be with them for a little bit still. Who knows what that is the result of people apparently. Yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about it to weigh too heavily on it. Honestly, we don't Same. know what's going on. So yeah. I think if I came down too heavy handed, like I don't see a point to it, um, yeah, yeah, I just don't, honestly don't know enough. I think it's unfair if I was like, well, how dare... Who knows? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't and know. a lot of people kind of steering in that direction, like, well, he's anti-vax, that's why he's not there, refuses this, refuses that. So it's like, yeah, you don't know, but the thing you can say for certainty is that Officer Bo's going to get all that shit done. Officer Bo's going to make sure his, his patrolmen are in line. No, Officer Bo's is like probably going around telling about booster shots already. This guy's going to keep people in yeah. line. He's going to get this season going because he's got one goal, and that is to arrest the Stanley Cup. That's right. And could have been bars yeah. <laughs> in Rogers Arena. He's <laughs> got a jail cell all set for it. <laughs> yeah. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. He was like, uh, instead of picking up the trophy when he wins, he just handcuffs his hand to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> like just... You'll never take this from me unless you have the key. This all is the it. key. <laughs> he, can't, he passes it off to somebody else, and then his <laughs> wrist is just around. dangling as he's skating around behind them. Fucking JT Miller pulls out an axe and chops it off because JT Miller's an animal. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, he's got a little axe like Dexter Loomis in his jersey. Yeah, pulls out a little jacket. hatchet. Oh, good stuff. Uh, other players missing, obviously, very noticeable by their absences, is uh, Pedersen and Hughes ran off to Michigan together. Yep. Uh, broing out, practicing, working out together. Uh, Pedersen briefly in town last week before uh, leaving and going to Michigan to work out with Hughes. Contracts still not done. Training camp is already underway. Now you're talking about are they're going to be able to start the season. Looking more and more likely that bridge deals are on the horizon. Your thoughts on... Pedersen and Hughes and where the Canucks are at with them. I think Pedersen and Hughes, you know, even though they shouldn't have a ton of leverage, they kind of do because they're the star players. Like, that affords you a certain amount of leverage. You don't want to start the season with behind the eight ball. I'm sure they don't want to. I'm sure their agents have told them that the Canucks will blink first because most cases they do. I can't imagine a scenario in which the Canucks start the season with their two best players shelved. I can't imagine how the fallout from that would be. So I think it'll get done. But I think the only thing we're going to see at the end of the day is, like, is it going to be the bridge deal or the long-term deals, which is what it's been all along. And mm. I think there is, you know, in a perfect world, you want those long-term deals, which brings us back all the way to the talking point we have every fucking week, which is why did you rush out to sign Tanner Pearson and other players? Why didn't you get the star players lined up first? Like, the longer you wait, now you've got other contracts getting signed that now are using those comparables. You're running into more issues. 
it just feels a bit ridiculous that and again unless the agent all along was holding out for like we want 15 million and we don't know about it sure fair yeah. enough right that's only that i'll give them one of that but it just feels like the number one goal should have been sign your top players first then everything else falls into place and it hasn't been that way so again i'm not going to freak out and i think people like writing off things i think a lot of people are, are quick to always wanted to nail that last nail in the coffin of jim bending but just you know I know wait and see is an annoying refrain, but I think wait and see in a week and a half is okay. Like, give us a week and a half before we can fully dive into it, because that's when we'll have answers. And if they're holding out, cool, we can then dive into it. If they've signed, we can then dive into it. But for now, it's just, it's games right now. It's games. Everyone's just speculating on what could possibly be out there, what could possibly be reasons. But yeah, nobody has any idea. And I'm sure stuff, whenever deals get done, or if we get farther into this without deals getting done, I'm sure more information will trickle out as to who's asking for what what the holdup is but yeah the only fact that we have that we can carry forward right now is that other players were seemingly i wouldn't say prioritized but those other deals got done first and what kind of message that sent obviously you're locking up you know a guy like tanner pearson that's not as complicated or as complex as the structure of a deal for superstars but still those are guys that are very noticeable by their absence at uh, at training camp and how long is it going to take them to get going if this deal isn't done by the start of the season? I mean, that, that is one valid point, is if they're not here for training camp, not here for exhibition, that adds extra time to them getting into game shape. And as we know, Jim Banning is a big fan of pointing out how not having a preseason affects his team. So Yeah. <laughs> that's our, don't give Jim an excuse. Don't give him excuses. <laughs> You're helping don't him out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Jim's Maybe doing that's what purpose. He's doing. Yeah, oh my God, we broke the code. Oh, well, hold on a minute here. I think we've, I think we've cracked this thing wide open. <laughs> Stalls on negotiations, yep. they hold out of camp, gets the deal done exactly for what they want, and because they missed out on training camp, he then has, he can he can just broad stroke that for the entire team. Yeah, he's, he's not, come up with excuses. Not having those veteran leaders there, you know, <laughs> yeah. not having those core pieces there really threw off a lot of the drills, a lot of the bag skates, you know, Pedersen, he's a... You know he's he's a real he's a real gamer. He's going to challenge people in those back seats, and without that, people took it a bit easy. Yeah. And that's you know that's a big problem. Joe Levy's career is on him now. That's on that's on Pedersen's head. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine? Joe the would be top, like, he'd be top four D if they showed up in camp and time. <laughs> yeah, that's on those two. Can you imagine the Canucks start off like you know without Pedersen? Say Pedersen Hughes dues to sit out, and they start off like five and zero. If I see anyone saying this team, we saw a bit yeah. of it last year. And it was you garbage. Preemptively, yeah, you can preemptively fuck off with it. <laughs> Maybe we don't need Hughes. Get out of here. <laughs> Maybe they were the problem. Oh, nope, stop it. Yep, stop right there. S- stop right there. I'm going to go ahead and need you to cancel your account. Yep. <laughs> this is Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's that'd be, that'd be ridiculous, but that'd also be entirely expected. Mm-hmm. You know. Even if someone's dipping a toe in it. You know what, guys? The uh, the Canucks started five and zero, and there's a couple people who aren't there. So maybe, <laughs> maybe. dot dot dot. No attack. Everybody get them. I saw it on Twitter. I don't remember who tweeted, but someone was like, "You know what? I think this team might be offensively better than 2011 team." And I almost fucking like punched my computer monitor. Yeah, the lack of respect the 2011 team gets is blows my mind. That 2011 team was breaking underlying records that hadn't been touched since the 70s. Like they were one of the most elite teams you'll ever see. The Malholter injury caused the downfall. We also had happened, but had that team been fully healthy, that team would have ripped through the fucking playoffs, beaten the Bruins in four, no problem. That team was the best team this city's ever seen. Offensively, they were fucking insane. I saw someone bagging on Mikhail Samuelson and like, oh, Garland's going to be a better player. Mikhail Samuelson in 2011 got 50 fucking points. Garland's only hit 39. 
stop acting like this team. And they're like, oh, well, if Pat Colson hits and these guys hit, they haven't hit yet. You can't use mm-hmm. theoreticals over what's already happened. Like, I hate that yeah. shit. Like, if it happens, sure. But you can't say, Jerry, 2011 team, that bar is so high in the air. For anyone to suggest that this team is better than I just it just grew me nuts, man. Like, that, the lack um, of respect that team gets because they didn't win a cup fucking bothers me. I'm going to strongly, strongly disagree with you about how they would have done in the playoffs if they were fully healthy. They do not beat the Bruins in four. They beat them in three. <laughs> Bruins is with the white flag. <laughs> you know what? Fucking, like, guys, we can't. We're too good. We're tired. We suck compared to them. It's over. We tap out at three games. And then that's a history-making team. Yeah. Trivia question. For hundreds of years, which Stanley Cup final actually ended in three games because one of the teams submitted before a four-game series was completed? The Bruins. Oh, Boston Bruins. The Canucks won. They go on the ice. They just lie down with their bellies up. Oh, it looks like the Bruins are submitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goalie is laying down in the crease, tapping his hand on the yeah. ice. Yeah. I guess that counts as a tap out. Is that for the whole team or just the goalie? Or This is unprecedented, but... That is a really good Canucks team over there. It, it, again, it was a fantastic team. If you are, like weren't there for it or don't remember it or forgetting it, like rewatch the tape. Best team the yeah. city's ever fucking seen. Well, it's like people can't wait to hold them up against the teams of the teams of your like the bubble playoff team. Is this team the gutsiest and most you know heart heavy team since the nineteen ninety four Canucks? It's like let's calm the fuck down. <laughs> and the answer is no. Yep, it was no. Yeah, they're doing well, but they're not giant slaying by any means or anything. And again, they're riding a hot goalie, and I know there was a certain amount of that in the 94 run as well, but stop it. You don't have to just be so ready to compare them to past teams in order to prop up like a current one. I think I saw that tweet you were mentioning about the, hey, I think this is offensively the best team, a better team than 2011. I'm not going to bite. Was that uh, friggin' Tom Hardy, Mad Max? That's bait bait. right there. I'm not getting into that at all. I've seen a couple of those recently. Not the Mad Maxes, but some of those with tweets where it's like, this is obviously just trying to garner a a reaction and get the conversation started, which is fine, I suppose, you know, however you you want to go about it. But uh, yeah, some of those statements just really, really, really out there. Big swings. I like how some of the caveats given were like, well... I think they're a better offensive, but I will give a slight nod to the 2011 team for a better defense. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How gentlemanly of you to give them. How slight is this nod? In degrees. Get out, a pro tra- get out a protractor. <laughs> hold it to your side profile. Let's see how big a, how slight a nod to that 2011 defensive core. Oh, man. It just blew me away. Yeah. Um, Pod Colson. Thoughts on Pod Colson again? JT Miller seems to be a fan. Yeah, I get it. I try not to get too excited about camp, but there were some clips from Quadrelli, our beef boy, who was a uh, uh, little buff boy. Little buff boy. Little was, buff boy. Him and Faves were getting the videos for us, and uh, there were some shots of Pat Colden. His, his shot looks elite, and I am very excited about him. I do think he's one of those guys that can come in and be an NHL player right away. He obviously is kind of a, a man in a boy's body sort of thing. He's one of those guys who's played in the high league in, in uh, Russia, so I think he's going to come in and be perfectly fine, and I'm excited to see what he does. Again, you know, don't set the bar in your head of like a 70-point player. If he comes in and has a 35-point yeah. season, that's fucking fantastic. Another Hoaglander season would be great for this kid. Uh, if he does anything more than that, that's just gravy, baby. So uh, it's fun. Again, this, we knew this string can't be fun. We saw Garland puking in the corner. Jeff Patterson with a, 
if you want to see somebody who's adapted their game to the new age, Jeff Patterson of 10 years ago never would have taken a picture of that puke, but he knows. That's what the kids want to see. Kids <laughs> love the puke. He's, He's gonna, gonna puke. puke. <laughs> kids love it. They love the vomit. Yeah, so you got the vomit of Garland, which again is a nice uh, homage to Troy Stetcher, who always infamously puked every uh, bag skate. So, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the season. It's kind of fun to see hockey talk and have a bit more you know, meaty content, not just us speculating on contracts that aren't happening yet. We actually have on-ice stuff. It is, you know... The whole, you know, idea that it is preseason, it is just training camp, you know, don't get your hopes up too high, but also don't get too crushed over a player not doing well. It is just, it is what it is. So take notes, look at things, and see if that kind of, as the season progresses, see if that lines up with what you saw in preseason, and that's a good idea of like, oh yeah, I think that was right. Maybe if Joe Levy struggles out of the gate, maybe his conditioning was a problem. You just kind of take it like that, right? That's all we're doing. We're learning here. We're taking it apart. We're looking at what's happening. Don't get too deep one way or the other, and just kind of enjoy the ride for now. Yeah, I'm looking at the, who finished the second to last in those bag skates, because that's prime boy that area is. right there. That's a smart boy yeah. move. You know who I haven't heard anything about from training camp so far is, uh, is Poolman. So that's, that's helping his case. Yeah, he, the less you hear of him, the more of a boy he is. We know that. He's a Milford man. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's just agreeing to the wallpaper. What do you make of the ticket uh, ticket prices? That's something that's been a hot topic of conversation as well for the uh, Canucks preseason. You're looking at upwards to like hundred bucks or whatever for uh, seats to see them, you know, play Calgary with a most likely fragmented roster. A lot of people kind of up in arms about that. I mean, there's two things we kind of know. One, Nacolini's like making money, and two, it's been that way forever with preseason games. Back when I had season tickets, they charge you full price. I remember being annoyed back then. Like, why am I paying full price for like? No offense, Feder Fedorov, but I don't really want to pay full price to see Fedorov and like a bunch of guys that like maybe a couple of NHL players, right? Like, oh, they're talking. Oh, no one out there. Mean email. <laughs> yeah, I know Feder Fedorov. You I'm, sons of bitches! <laughs> I'm a huge fan of your show, but no longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I don't know. It's always kind of been there. I guess it's in the limelight now that it's in Abbotsford. Like maybe now this kind of makes it seem worse, but it's kind of always been the way it is. It, it feels shitty because it is. Like I don't think you should be charging full price for preseason action because a it's not as good hockey and b you're not seeing the full roster so i don't quite get that but you know cuck's gonna canuck they've been doing that for a while now remember when zach cassian was gonna dominate the preseason yeah i mean that's the at the end of the day preseasons usually mean jack shit they can go eight and no or they can go zero and eight and we always kind of say like it's better to go have a good preseason but it doesn't matter too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> like just it'd be nice if they go eight no, but it doesn't matter. Like how many preseasons do you do you remember the records of the preseasons in your head at all? No, what we remember yes, is yes, I do. Oh, okay. And here we go. I will rattle them all <laughs> off. Uh, how many years you want? Yeah. 10, 15? Give me fifteen eight? of them. No, what we remember okay. are the storylines. Two thousand and twenty. Right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we remember the storylines. That's the thing. What we remember is either it's Feder Federer's big season or Shirokov's big season, or now we're gonna remember. Honestly, that's what sucks about this for Jolevi. We're gonna remember. Remember that training cap where Jolevi like laid in the ice and didn't move. Like, that's now, it becomes lore at this point. So, preseason is yes. all about setting in lore and optics. So that's what's kind of shitty. So, I can imagine when Jalevi, like, loud in the ice to get, like, I'm just going to sit down. Like, you can just see the veteran players be like, oh, he's fucked. Camera's running down to get the picture. Like, oh, fuck, rookie mistake. <laughs> like, that's going to follow him yeah. in this market for a long time. It's like paparazzi. They're just grabbing the photos of that. Yep. And again, you're a new player. You're Connor Garland. You're Ekman Larson and stuff. And now you're getting a taste. Yep. Yep. You they're like, all over it. OEL is about to lie down and sees all the cameras running. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no what down. if I took a knee? Is that okay? Can I take a knee? Is that uh, that's sufficient? Can you be like, don't take knees. <laughs> hold me up, please. Hold me yeah, up. Just leaning on someone. <laughs> we could have burning enough. Jesus, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bear hug Tyler Myers from behind yeah. and just have him skate me around. Yep, that could work. It'll be like oh, Princess Bride. <laughs> you got, like, no yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Yaroslav Halak, Andrew Ebbett, who he said was his uh, 
uh, off-season acquisition he's most excited about, uh, has the Pavel Dimitra tribute on the back of his mask. That's really cool to see. I sure love that. Pavel Dimitra was a you know, short time in Vancouver, was such a fun player. And if I remember the Olympics at gold medal, I remember obviously the Crosby gold, but I do remember that to get there in the first place, it took a Roberto Luongo glove save off of a sure goal from Dimitra and the two teammates hugging and laughing afterwards. And this the fact that uh, Dimitra then went on to beat Russia in the shootout. Like, just the moment, the crowd losing their mind, that wide berth coming in in the penalty shot, and then the wide-arm open celebration. Like, he was a guy to always show after he scored a goal, like, fucking right. Like, I just loved him as a player. Very fun yeah. guy, and it's a very, uh, you know, always a tragedy that he, he lost his life so early, but I'm glad that his memory is still alive. And, like, I think there's still something in Rogers Arena for him, and the fact that, uh, you know, teammates still kind of have him on the back of the helmet. Like, what a great tribute. So, very heartwarming to see. Yeah. Anything else in the world of hockey you want to get into? Uh, no, I'm just looking forward to the preseason. Again, this, the the craziness of this market is, you know, both a pro and a con, but it is, at least we're talking about hockey, and it's, you know, I'd rather be talking about vomit on the ice than, you know, an off-season in which we're just talking about contracts. So we're getting some of the real stuff coming in here, and so it's 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 going to be, what, the season's almost here. It feels like it'll be here any minute now, and I'm looking forward to see what this team can do. Before the season starts, it's always good vibes, right? Everything's Canucks will be fantastic. There's all these people. They'll be top of the standings. They're going to be great. We have Jim Benning going like, hey, you know, like they're not facing the North Division anymore. They're going to beat everyone up again. It's all great, good vibes and stuff. So this is kind of the, the calm before the storm, so I'm enjoying it right now. And I will say yeah. a shout-out to Andrew Abbott and, and the, 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 the burn, the SC burn, the burn unit. They're getting wins after he's been on our show. I think we're a good luck charm. That's right. He's got that process rub. Yeah, he knows You get now. the process bump. Yep. yep. So you're welcome, Andrew. We did it. Yeah, maybe uh, Ekman Larson comes on the show and he starts dominating a training camp. Yeah, hey, hey, if anyone needs the bump, come on over. Yeah, Levy, come on over. Come on over, we'll help. Yeah, uh, yeah, Faber's um, OEL bagskate video, hundred forty three thousand views. Yeah, I, I will say that like Faber was kind of like talking was like, oh, like I feel bad and stuff. Like, no, he just put out the video. It's fine. People are gonna pile yeah. on, but like it just shows. I told him it just shows that you've made it. Like you're now like your source of information. Like you and Quads are are in it. You're media members. Like enjoy the ride, man. Like that's that's good shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, let's uh, move on. We got other uh, contract issues to discuss with our other team on the show. How about a little Seventy Sixers action? Yeah. Let's get into it. <laughs> you're so sad. So sad. Again, not a ton of uh, Sixers news. Training camp will be starting very, very soon. Uh, then preseason, then the season starts probably about a month or so from now against uh, the New Orleans Cassowary uh, on October 20th. But the big news, obviously, with the 76ers, again, just like last time, is that Simmons has come out and said that he will not be reporting to training camp. And he's done with the team. He doesn't care if he's fined. And around and around we go. He has vowed to never play for the 76ers again. Uh, how bummed are you? It just sucks for, you know, both sides. I guess more for Sixers, obviously. But it feels like, I know Doc Rivers is talking a big game. Well, I think we can still get him back in the fold. We can kind of like, talk to him and, fi- and figure this out. Uh, 
No, Ben Simmons is the kind of guy that we he doesn't make any concessions as we've seen throughout his career. That's not his bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah including if it means hey, work on a shot. No. Or there was I think it was like 2018 or 2019 where uh, Brett Brown said, "Hey, I want to see I think three to four three point attempts from you per game." And he's played, I think, 156 or 160-something games since then, and he has tried 14 three-pointers in that time. Saves him for the YMCA, baby. Saves him for the YMCA. Yep. <laughs> Save him for the Y! Yeah, that's for that's the Y only. And he's got, all, he's got like the fucking most powerful goddamn agent in all of the NBA beside him. So if you're going to yep. roll the dice on one guy to get your way, it's going to be fucking Rich Paul. So, like, it's weird that he has as much power, but he does. He almost has all the power at this point. Um, and I, out of spite, I almost want him to say, yeah, sit out then. Don't get paid. Sounds good. I don't care if it's like three years of your career are gone. Fine, sit out. I, that's the spite in me. I'm not obviously a good GM. <laughs> you can't do yeah. that. But <laughs> from a spite level, I want him to sit the fuck out for three years. I don't give a yeah. shit. Fine. Same. Don't get yeah. paid. Find find him into oblivion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doc contract. Rivers. Doc Rivers quote. Um, it was a good conversation, and he gave his reasons why he wanted out, which we obviously didn't agree with. Um, yeah, so he's like, I can tell you up front, we would love to get Ben back, and if we can, we're going to try and do that. Now, they also asked him about uh, his comments he made when they were eliminated, and here's a guy who had been defending Ben Simmons the entire playoffs when everyone's ripping him, yep. uh, and talking about how he had somewhat questioned if Ben Simmons can be the player that Ben Simmons wants to be, and he says, it was being portrayed that I was out there saying, I don't think we can win with Ben, and I do. I told Ben that the next day. I've been in sports a long time, and I'm not misrepresented very often, but in that case, I was. I mean, Make the, it quotes, nice. the, the quotes are very clearly him saying he doesn't think he doesn't know Ben can be a championship yeah, winning point guard. Like, it's so clear, <laughs> it's so clear what he said. There's no misrepresentation. He was, Doc saw what happened, said, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, I've once again blown a, a fucking lead, and I've, I've ruined another series. Who could I throw under the bus? <laughs> and again, Ben Simmons, it made sense. It was like he took Joel Embiid and it made no sense. Like Ben Simmons did not do well for that team. But it was clearly a case of where the coach, with a guy like Ben Simmons, like you're basically treating him at, at a different level. Like He can't handle any of the tough love. You've got to treat him a certain way. It sucks, but that's the way it is. Kid, kid gloves. Yeah, kid gloves. And, and Doc fucked up. And now he's trying to backtrack. But we, again, we've seen with Ben, like the dude, you know, he, just, he takes insults. He keeps it real way too much. And it's just like how... He can get away with it because, again, he's got fucking Rich Paul, man. Like, that guy, if he's sitting there saying, like, oh, you're going to lose fucking Max, you're going to lose other players, I'm not going to have, like, that's way too much clout. And I'm, I hope the Sixers go ahead ahead of him. But if they capitulated, I honestly wouldn't be surprised, honestly, which sucks. And what if as part of some sort of, like, package or whatever, the Sixers get the number seventh overall pick or 21st pick, and that ends up being a Rich Paul client? Yeah, right? Like, right? Like, that's yeah. it, this is not going to end with this. Like, this Rich Paul 76ers feud, which potentially could be more, way more damaging than Ben Simmons and the 76ers feud, that could have major implications on this franchise for a long time. Because I got a feeling they're going to get out to, like, send a message here. And we're not going to be held hostage by a player and, you know, give in to his whims. Because that shit happens in the NBA far too much. I hate it. I probably wouldn't be a good GM either. I'm right there with you. Because, yeah, sit his ass on the bench. Find him. It feels like a real entourage shit. Like, I feel like Ari Gold is Rich Paul, and he's got all these fucking things he's doing behind the scenes, and there's, they have a lot of power, and it's, 
you look at some of the deals that like were the proposed deals that people because everyone knows the Sixers over Braille right now and you look at like mm-hmm. we, I think Wiggins is one of the names that's kind of out there now you see him like knocking the vaccination and like they're like well that, you're not exempt and so like he can't play home games imagine they trade for Wiggins and all of a sudden you can't play home games like they, they dodged a bullet in a sense but it's like you just look at these packages and you're like no like it sucks that it felt like you know Dame Dame or nothing but this this team's trying to win now and the packages being offered are not that in that vein so I don't know. The Sixers are in a tough spot, man. I don't know how they're getting out of this ahead of the game. It feels like it's going to be a loss no matter what for them. Yeah, because Ben's also like, I want to go to California. That's yeah. it. I want to go to California. He's doing the Kessler. So the te- teams that were possibly maybe considered to be in the mix, like your Minnesotas or Toronto's, um, you know, I guess he has to sign off on going there. This whole thing's so fucking, so whack. But uh, Golden State, which is obviously his number one preferred destination, clearly, uh, they are, they're ducking out all this. So uh, the owner said, in some ways it doesn't really fit what we're doing. He makes a lot of money, and can he finish games? I don't know. Oh, well, that's the, the running right there. Chronicle. Yeah. Ben should also, be upset about he, that. You're going to be bitter with Golden State now, too? Because yeah. they're inferring the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, uh, now, because of tampering, he couldn't directly say Ben Simmons, uh, but he referred to him as, quote, defensive player of the year candidate in Philadelphia. Amazing. Redacted. Yeah. He also <laughs> says he's very talented. The problem is we have Draymond Green. Draymond and defensive player of the year candidate in Philadelphia are very similar in a sense that neither one really shoots and they do a lot of the playmaking. That's one issue. The salary structure is another. Because Simmons, if anybody isn't aware, he's got $33 million, uh coming off the books next season. $40.3 million the year after that. Um, yeah, so he's super expensive. Now, the previous package that had been rumored was uh, Wiseman, Wiggins, the number 7th and 14th pick in this coming draft, and then two future first-round picks. That's what was the conversation with him moving to Golden State. So... Yeah, so the Warriors are just kind of looking, going, well, he's expensive. We don't know if he can finish games. And we got a guy that does that stuff already. So, nope. Yeah, they're in the position they can wait. Like, I think if you ask me, take salary cap out of the equation, what team would he fit on the best? Clearly, Golden State. Like, yeah. full of shooters, all he's going to do is pass oh them. Oh, my God, dream. yeah. They're never going to win. There's a reason he wants to go there. Yeah. It's not just a California yeah. thing. It's a, hey, here's where I can go and fade into the background a little bit with the things that I don't do and really accentuate the things that I do. Yeah, it's like it's a Tom Brady Tampa Bay situation, looking for something that fits him oh. perfectly, right? Like, this is perfect for me. I can go there, and it played out perfectly for, for Tom, and it makes sense that, yeah, Ben Simmons can go there. He doesn't need to shoot. Give it the sh- in fact, if he did take a shot, people would be mad at him. Don't be shooting. Yeah. We got fucking Steph Curry. What are you doing? Right, right. Yeah. So regardless, this is this is a saga. I mean, it is. you know, you've been down with the Sixers for a couple years now. Uh, and yeah, this is by far the biggest storyline because he's in he's like Markel Fultz with a lot more talent, but another very, very highly, you know, touted draft pick who was to be part of the future of this team that is just washing out. Well, it's crazy. They trust the process, boys. Like, all their picks are all gone, and, like, Benson was another one. And the only one that's kind of like, panned out the most is Joel Embiid. Like, thank God that worked out. Otherwise, we wouldn't be trusting shit. Like, no, that's the, the only whole, keeping this process the together is Joel. Gone. Yeah. 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 So, I know. That's why I was really, really hoping you would work with Simmons. Because they're like, yeah, the two of these top picks, they worked out. And sure, Fultz didn't. And Saric got traded as well and everything. Ah, it happens. And, you know, it's... 
Yeah, it's it's weird, but just like with the Canucks, we are now fast approaching training camp and then preseason, and we'll see what happens. And that's a storyline to watch for sure, and everybody in the NBA is uh, keeping an eye on that situation. So, All right, uh, that that's it for, for Ben Simmons' corner. Uh, a little bit of ad break from our friends at DraftKings, and then uh, maybe a little captain's corner when we're done? No question behind that. that. No question behind that. And then right. a little bit of captain's corner. Okay, there we go. We'll see you in hour two, which Wyatt is also known as the Glory Hole. Glory Hole. It's worse when you whisper it, and triply <laughs> worse when you echo your it whisper. It's a, it's. I assume the Glory Hole takes place in like a stall-like environment, and so it echoes. I can't fault that logic. That's rock solid. <laughs> Speaking of rock solid. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> now to this from DraftKings. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving customers $150 instantly if they are new customers when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week one game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, we are back. It is hour two of Trust the Process, also known as the Glorial, Glorial, Right? Feels good. It feels right. That actually does feel pretty good. <laughs> that sounded good in my headphones. Uh, and it is Captain's Corner. Let's hit, let's smash, smash the it. best theme music in the goddamn business. All right, Wyatt, what do you have for us this week? I think one of my favorite things I've started uh, forcing us to do is having theme music within theme music. So I like to have Captain Corners and then a Bing theme song. So we're not done smashing. We're going back Sma- to the Bing. But smash before we get the to that, Bing quiz theme music? Should not smash yet. it? Not okay. yet. We're going to tease it a little bit. It's a glory hole. We tease. We tease. We're going to do the TTP mystery index first. <laughs> okay. You don't Which know does what's not happening have yet. its own theme music yet. You're waiting. You're waiting in the glory hole. Not what's going to happen yet. So we're going to TTP. Last week, we had, we had a lot of fun with Andrew Abbott. Once again, thank you to Andrew for partaking in that. I like how the first part of the interview, it was like normal. He probably thought it was a normal thing. Then he realized what we were about when we started grilling him on his own goals. That was great. And yep. then the Misery Index really hammered it home. And I think, I loved how he got into it. So again, we're going to try and get was, him back he on He was later. also really good. Had that Larry Bird three ball at the end. Or would he get it within two? Yep. Within two, under two, he got it. Like, just yeah. nailed it. Uh, last week, we did ask you, 
if your favorite local team relocates. Sir, do we have anyone who weighed in using the hashtag TTP Misery? Oh, we sure do. Uh, we got John Sinky oh, at John Sinky six four. A, col- a collision course <laughs> is is on right now. Uh, he's been tr- he's trash talking me too. He's, is he's he? calling me out. Oh, thank God on the Twitter machine. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. He says it's not about looking good. It's about feeling good and winning the Stanley Cup. Losing your fave team and having them win a title later that would be super painful. But we still get to see them win. So my guess is forty two point seven. If I'm uh, uh, my guess was fifty three from last week. Uh, Lisa loves hockey at Lisa Martin image the Seattle Supersonics leaving in 2008 I am not an NBA fan but I really felt bad for the fans seeing their team leave for Oklahoma they still sell jerseys t-shirts etc in Seattle misery index 80 can I just say that I remember I of the few Grizzly games I saw uh, was one that was against Seattle because why not that's a good rivalry game and I remember the Seattle fans being so cocky Saying, like, your team's shit, you're not even going to have a team in a couple years. And they're right, but either do you fuckers. So I don't feel bad about that at all. That's the pettiness in me. Again, not a good GM, <laughs> but a good <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> you know who else doesn't have a team a few years later? You sons of bitches. Yeah, we all lost. <laughs> uh, Ryan Walker at Avalanche. Sports team leaves local market. I'm going with 23 for this cursed game. Okay. Garrett at Ash Empire. Favorite team relocating is a 65 on the Misery Index. Wasn't a huge Grizzlies fan, but them leaving was a huge blow to my NBA fandom. Your 76ers enthusiasm led to my first meaningful NBA watching in forever. Oh, nice. And this is is why I'm mad at Ben Simmons more than anything. Yeah. Because it would have been great for Garrett to join us on this run and everybody who listens to the show and got on board with the 76ers during the playoffs. And they got on board just in time to see them crumble crash in a big ball of flames and now there's off-season issues with card tracks of star players yeah no we're sorry everybody so we're sorry. so sorry but you as canucks <laughs> fans you've trained in this so i think you're prepared for this it should be okay yeah. <laughs> you merely ad- you were you merely adopted the sadness yeah you were born in it we were born in it baby molded by it mm-hmm. uh yeah so 65 and i believe that is all the guesses we have so Wyatt, what's the official score Okay, uh, you got real close. And again, people think we make stuff up in the show for the benefit of, like, good TV, quote-unquote. Uh, we don't. It, you know, Montana, Sanders goes down in history of That's one of the real. greatest. That is real stuff, and I still I can't get over that, yeah. Yeah, like, there were suggestions that we do try and do it in a more, like, matchup fashion. We said, no, chaos is what we live in. The knives out. Knives out. <laughs> Fucking knives out. Bang quiz like, thing. Stop forget about that, yeah. Here's the crazy thing about this. Um, John Sankey is, is fucking gutting for you. So imagine you're like, Jose Aldo, no. he's Conor McGregor, and he's shit-talking you, and you think, no, I'm the champ. You come in. He didn't. Tell me he didn't. You. Dude, the correct answer is 41.5. Son of a bitch! <laughs> you got to get your game on. He is gutting for you. Larry Birdball, he's walking away. He's getting ready for the title. He's making the title motion. He's Mr. T in the crowd calling you out. They're beating your cans. You're beating up tomatoes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're looking what at me the, like... What, I'm sorry. What was that score again? 41.5. What did Jen Sank- John Sankey guess? 42.7. He's even throwing decimals out there. Jesus. Yeah. He's in the zone, man. You're looking at your manager, Mickey, and you're like, did you set me up with some bums? Am I fighting bums right now? I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he dies because he gets shoved by John Sinky. <laughs> John Sinky has killed Mickey. He's going to kill my Mickey. It's what, that's what's happening right now. Mickey got shoved. He's yep. on a table in the back dying. Yep. And I'm getting shelled in the ring. Yeah. You got to find your Rocky inside you because he is coming for you, sir. 
Hey, Wyatt, you want to join me in uh, jogging on the beach in short shorts and tank tops? Only if we high-five and hug in the water. Done. Yeah, gentlemen swim for the throwback for the old days. Oh, that's maybe one of the <laughs> oldest throwbacks we have. That's, yeah, that's... The, the, one of our most ill-fated attempts at sponsorship. <laughs> Boys, they haze it. Take it down. We do things our way. No dice. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, so I got a stereo for the take-home edition of TTP. Uh, misery Index, hashtag TTP Misery. John Sankey, you can take the week off if you want. You, you've made your point more than clear right this. But if you want to weigh in, you want to hit that Larry Bird ball one more time just to let Bowman knows. I don't know where we're going to set this up. Maybe this week or next we'll get him involved. But this is a take-home edition. Sir, you're, you're at a, a wedding. You've been DJing. People have been throwing requests at you left and right. Andrew Abbott comes up, demands you play uh, an ABBA song. But you just played an ABBA song? So you're like, no, that two in a row seems not, not cool. There's plenty. Yeah, he's belligerent though. He's like, no, I'm, I'm the. Mm. Do you know who I am? I'm the general manager of Burn, and then I'm in the Burn unit, and he grabs you by the throat, shoves you. To the, no, he doesn't. He hugs you and gives you a high five. He's a good guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he this show, like, nothing really like the very fine gentleman <laughs> who partook in our nonsense yeah. last week. No, he's nice. He, he, he comes up with a request. He says, you know what? I have a request. Play what you want. Oh. Yeah. Right. Nice guy. Nice. Mm. Um, you know, uh, the the bride of the wedding comes over, talks to you, goes, "Hey, man, you've done a great job. Why don't you take a little break?" Uh, Wyatt's going to take over for half an hour. He's been DJing, he says, for nine and a half years, so he's got a bit more experience. He's going to take over. <laughs> now, is that real or is that fake? Because other things with that measurement of time are fake. I just, I, I just, he told me nine and a half years to take him for his word, so he's going to take over for a bit. He's got some it's jam. His first mistake. Yeah. Take him as his word is your first mistake. <laughs> he's got some Sum 41 coming, some Len. It's going to be great. Oh, so. shit. Hey, dude. Hey, maybe I got some Sum 41, some Len coming. Uh, you know, go hit the buffet table. You like yourself a good buffet. You go over there. You're eating a lot. You're having a good time. Love a buffet. Right. Like, I don't know. It's, just, it's a good buffet. Not the shitty ones. It's not Uncle Willie's. It's fucking, like, premium rush buffets here. It's great. You got your white suit on because, you know, you wanted to hit sheet. That was the one demand they had was wear all white. You a little too much. You got to hit the bathroom. You're like, okay, I'll be um, back. I'm almost done my set. I'm like, I, I, I give you the signal. Like, hey, man, wrap it up. You're like, all right, give me, give me five. And you make the pooping gesture. You run to the bathroom. Well, I'm sorry. What is? I just. Can you describe what the pooping so, gesture so is? You, on the show, people can't see, but normally we want to like lengthen someone talking. We do the stretching thing. The pooping yeah, is yeah. like the two hands together. I thought pooping is like you have like you have your hand in like a circle, yeah, and then you have stuff coming down, and then it's like a sprinkling, like I'm doing it right now. I don't. That could be like an octopus so like, too. So shit's like pl- splashing in the toilet is okay. what I'm doing. Okay. It's I mean, like my, this the, this is my rectum yeah, here. Yeah. And then the hand underneath with the jazz fingers. That's yeah. what's happening underneath it. Okay. So for three minutes, we're trying to get our signals across, and we're not getting it, and we're getting frustrated. <laughs> I'm doing okay. my sign. You're doing your sign. <laughs> no, I'm spirit fingers underneath the circle, pal. Yeah, and I'm like stretching it out, stretching. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you say, fuck it, I'm going to the washroom. Yeah. So you just yell, I'm taking a shit. Everyone's like, all right, whatever. We're, having, we're all sauced up. We don't care. Uh, again, everyone's heard of you announcing stuff on the SkyTrain. Everyone's really proud when you approach things that way. So everyone's like, hey, <laughs> thanks, man. Go to the washroom. It's not a good scene, but you get through it. It's like you, you, had, you had to struggle. You're like, oh, I shouldn't hit those meatballs and that milk and the cheese and the ice cream all at once. Bad move. Hey, man, it's a buffet. There are no rules. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mad Max out there. <laughs> yep. Uh. You look to your left, you're like, all right, time to go, uh, and you hit that bad scenario. There's only one square toilet paper left. You start okay. Pub and, and does the and the white suit factors into this? I mean, it can. I mean, okay. that's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be a, yeah, you go and you, 
I'm sorry, Becca. She she hates when I get into this <laughs> stuff. But you go and you wipe, and then you see that on the sleeve of your jacket is you were over uh, zealous with your wipe. No, and you no. didn't understand the proper circumference of the business. Um, and then someone kicks, the door, someone kicks the door open and shoots you in the leg. I should have a scenario that has nothing to do with what I've set up. <laughs> Enter up there with a gun, shoots oh, in the knee. <laughs> Hunter, that sounds really painful and horrible, and the white suit's going to get blood all over it. And I'm also going to be very stunned and saddened that this wonderful man, Andrew <laughs> Ebbett, has now turned heel and done this. And I'm also going to internalize it and feel like, what did I do to make Andrew Ebbett shoot me in the leg while I'm on the toilet? We find out that due to those rules we discovered from him, that he actually signed a contract with the Tigers for next season. So technically... <laughs> oh, wow, shit-talking the Tigers. Yeah. He now took that personally. He's like, don't, yeah, it's just business, but I can't have you shit-talking my team for next year. <laughs> well, I'm not going to take back what I said because the Tigers are fucking trash. They are. They got smoked. What was it, 8 nothing? Jesus. 8-1. 8-1, there you go. And a charity goal. They won the next eh, game. Give them one, too. boys. Give yeah, them give, one. give them the snack. All right, so Down uh, your last square I need to, paper, I sure. need to, I'm DJing a wedding. I need to poop, and there's only one square of toilet paper. Or yeah. no, I do it, and you there's one square of toilet yeah. paper. Yeah. Uh, how many stalls? This is just the one stall. You can't like, oh, sneak okay. away. Yeah. No, I'm not giving that out. It's Damn just the it. one stall. <laughs> uh, what's the hand-drying situation? What do you mean by that? Paper towels is a blow dryer. Oh no, this What's is like on? it's like environmentally friendly. They've got one of those Dyson hand air dryers only. Mm-hmm. They've got a sink that you press the your hand to get the water come out, but it's like dribbling out. So your oh, water is amount is minimal. <laughs> Let me decide how much water. I okay, need. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Shoot. And can I know the? Is it? I'm sure it's not on the card, but what type of poop are we talking here? Uh, I mean, I mean we said bad business because of what I was up to at the buffet, right? Yeah, yeah. Bananas and cheese and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, and you start. You hear me playing. Like, what's one of your taboo songs for a wedding? Uh, fucking anything Drake. Let's keep the Drake hate going. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't have a lot where like it comes in. I'm like, ugh, absolutely. Like, maybe Cotton Eye Joe or any of that sort of shit. Um, yeah, you hear me so playing like, sh- a Cotton Eye Joe like Jay Z remix. And now you're getting oh, worried. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm like, I got to get out there. I got to stop this. I feel like it's going to be pretty low because I feel like people might just chance it and, oh, no, but it's you're, that smell's going to be there, too, right? Mm-hmm. It's also about that, the residuals. Yeah, it's a hot summer's day. <clears throat> I'm, I'm still going to go relatively low here. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with an 18. Okay. 18. So everyone at home, if you can think of this scenario, hashtag TTP misery. John Sankey's already got locked in. I'm sure he's already got the right answer. I don't and have to read the scenario it. one more time. You're down to your last square of toilet paper. The picture shows a man pooping with that last square in his hand and is for some reason doing math formulas on the wall of the stall. Factor okay, into that how you may. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that changes everything. Am I a mathematician? Yeah, you're a mathematician. I guess you're trying to figure out how much like circumference you have of this toilet paper and the pressure you can use. I don't know. It's science going into this. I got to use math somewhere in my life. It's really, really tough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I stand by my 18. Okay. And this is going to be one that like completely is thrown off, like the sunburn one. Was like, no, it's actually a 91. Yeah, that's horrifying. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Sir, that button we talked about earlier, the glory hole is coming to fruition. Enough teasing. Smash that button, sir. Four. Bing quizzes. Smash it! Gonna hit the ground running, baby, I'm running, baby, I'm running, 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 
All right, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't been thinking about this person who does these Bing quizzes quite a bit recently and just trying to get in that same headspace. And some of our questions from Twitter, which we'll get to later, uh, reference the Bing quizzes. So a lot of people have been thinking about this. Well, it's insane. It's absolutely nuts. I listened back to that one with the knives out and the Adam Sandler. What was it? The scariest Halloween thing or whatever? Murder mystery. That's right, the murder mystery. Yep. I still can't believe how that all went down. This, it, you, you can't get a handle on him. Sometimes he comes at you straight, sometimes he comes from behind. And the Inception the one it, was so straight-laced. Oh, like got deep with it. It was bizarre. It was, yeah. But I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. ready. I think I feel good about this week. Okay. Going so away we, soon. Yeah. Yeah, we've got several movies here we're going to go over. Uh, our first movie, sir, is a little film about boats called Master and Commander. Far Side of the World. Is that the colon Far Side of the World? Sure. That's right. Yep, you're correct. Show some respect. Read the whole title. <clears throat> all right. Oh, no. Get, get cocky for big quizzes. I love it. By all means. <laughs> Is Master Commander a good film? <laughs> Don't Master and Commander is available on American Netflix. Correct answer is the film stars Russell Crowe. Fuck! <laughs> Which is correct. It means it's a good I movie. I know. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that makes it good. President 43621. <laughs> Every movie just sings. <laughs> Are you I not am entertained? <laughs> you will be the revolution. Yeah. I've been to a murdered wife. <laughs> <laughs> An all-time performance. <laughs> yeah. We all knew that'd be a disaster, too. When that oh, casting yeah. came out, I was like, oh, my goodness. He has, Javert has songs. You're aware of this. Mm. Next all right. question. Was Master and Commander a true story? Master and Commander is available on American Netflix. Correct answer. Russell Crowe's character was based on a real-life captain. Okay. He's all right. Saying. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, get, get, this get, isn't get, insane yeah. yet. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. Insane yet. Yep. How long does Master and Commander? Oh, okay. I'm sure they're talking about the runtime. Or I'm not sure. Um, oh, how about this? Master and Commander came out in 2003. I love how there's like the levels of how this guy works. You're trying to find out which one it's at. Like, oh, it's got to find a yeah. system. No, it was just the answer, two hours, 18 minutes. <laughs> All right. This is, he took this one seriously. Yeah. We have enough now to know that he took this seriously. They yeah. took this seriously. Yeah. Final question. Where can I see Master and Commander? Oh, I'm so nervous. Don't know. Watch it on Prime Video. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he mentions it. They mention it when it's not just Amazon. Also Prime Video. That's good to know. Yeah. Although it makes things obviously more difficult because I don't know what's on what streaming service. It's like when the tennis player is serving, you think he's going your backhand, so you keep guessing, and like you just he kept, got you just couldn't figure it out there. That's fine, but you kind of yep. you saw where it's coming from. You're not like you're not dead. You got it. Uh, another movie here, uh, if you know, it's called Safe House, Far Side of the World. <laughs> Safe House, colon, the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> Which one was Safe House again? Was that, uh, was that a Reynolds? I believe you're correct. Uh, Reynolds and Denzel, I think. Uh, it, it doesn't hit my... You'll probably see it in a year on your little podcast, whereas mine was nine and a half years later. It'll be a while. Uh, it came out in 2012. 
Yep. And it was, yeah, Ryan Reynolds looking after uh, Denzel. Yep, cool. Right on. Yep. All right. What exactly is a safe house? Uh, safe house is a place where witnesses go in order to stop them from... It's a building whose conventional appearance makes it safe or inconspicuous place for hiding and taking. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're getting there. It's close. It's close. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, finishing, he's finishing his answers. I like that. Is Safe House based on a true story? No, Safe House is a work of fiction. This is based on a true story, The Feathermen, by British adventurer Sir Ranulf Fiennes. Damn it. Last one. He's going... Last question for this one. He's going to the wheelhouse here. Is Safe House a good movie? Safe House was moderately popular i think the one thing i've noticed is he likes bad movies mm. remember remember what was r.i.p.d loved yeah loved r.i.p.d <laughs> i'm also my answers are way too eloquent for this so the correct answer is safe house is worth a trip to the theater with thrillers such as this one the action is better on the big screen oh he's on the take <laughs> he worked on safe house this is ryan reynolds quiz <laughs> He <laughs> loved R.I.P.D. All right, all right, now we're learning. If it's a Reynolds thing, loves it. That's true. Oh, shit, here's the thing for Ryan Next Reynolds. Next one is the, pr- you got a proposal uh, one, do you? I'm not, I, would, I would ask that right away. You know that. You know yeah. that. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's Next stuff. one, San Andreas, starring oh, the Rock. Rock Johnson. Yeah. Is San Andreas a real city? No, San Andreas is the volcano fault line. Now, this is tough because it just shows an image of the answer. So you wanted me to say uh, a picture of the San Andreas Fault. Yeah, because actually the answer is like image result, colon. (laughs) No fucking way. It's not even a picture. picture. It just says image. No, it shows the image result then the picture. So it says image result and then the picture. Uh, which is, I'm not going to say yet because the next question comes up here. Uh, I don't want to give it. In what world would I ever have gotten that right? Uh, Because now we're throwing pictures into this. Uh, next question, where is San Andreas in real life? California. The correct answer, and this is the first if, picture If the correct answer is right here with an arrow, I'm going to lose my mind. No, the correct answer is Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> the first one's a picture of GTA. <laughs> is it the map? Yeah. From GTA. God damn it! <laughs> Because I almost get, when it was San Andreas the movie, I almost was going to go in a, like, Grand Theft Auto video game direction. I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. But because it doesn't make sense is why I should have done it. <laughs> Where is it? How many more questions in this quiz? Just How much do more. I need to know about CJ? Just one more. No more CJ. Grove Street families. Aw, oh, shit. Here we go again. All that stuff. Oh, fuck. It's amazing. Uh, last question for this one. Is San Andreas 2 out yet? I don't even know how to approach this. <laughs> uh, uh, like GTA DLC is not available yet. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, no, there was never a San Andreas 2. Instead, they did GTA 4. The correct answer, and again, I don't know how this works. <laughs> San Andreas 2 was released on June 7th, 2024. <laughs> All right, hold... Goddamn phones here. So you're telling me now yeah. I also have to be factoring in <laughs> hypothetical futures. 
You sure so do. So this one has now added photos yep. to the to the game. Yep. And also potential future. Is that even true? <laughs> I don't know, man. Hold, stop everything. San Andreas 2. San Andreas 2 release date, July 27th, 2021. Wait a minute. That's already happened. Oh, no, that was when the article came out. Uh, is San Andreas 2 happening? Probably not, according to Collider. <laughs> well, you know what? I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Fuck. Okay. You're getting a bit rattled. We only have a couple more left. Come on. I'm more than in. a bit rattled, and I'll, be, I'll admit that straight up. We're going to Sherlock right. Holmes. Oh, okay. The Game of Shadows? Colon, Far Side of the World. Colon, The Owls of Goo. <laughs> Who was Sherlock Holmes in real life? Robert Downey Jr. Dr. Joseph Bell. I, I don't know what that means. Remember when he got the Joker's real name right? I think he's got the actual guy it was based on. So oh, really? Okay. Series. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. How did Sherlock Holmes die? Mercury poisoning. Correct answer. He was tired of writing the dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was tired of writing the dude. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. Oh, so he's very casual with this one. Okay. <laughs> tired of writing about that bra. <laughs> oh, fuck. And last question for this one. Is Sherlock Holmes a movie? It's never yeah or nah. It's <laughs> always the there. third thing. It's the third option. I can agree with that. Sherlock Holmes is available on American Netflix. The answer makes no sense. The answer is the German for no, which is nine. This <laughs> is <just> nine. <laughs> now I got to consider international languages. <laughs> What's the Arabic word for maybe? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> This makes my this make my brain hurt for real. Sir, uh, Birds of Prey. You've seen that movie? Oh yeah, or the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Co- Colon the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn Colon the Owls of Gahul. Dash the Far Side of the World. Yeah. Is Birds of Prey a flop? Yes, Birds of Prey lost money. He movie earned two hundred million globally in its theatrical run, meaning that while it still made back more than twice. Okay, I, <laughs> you're on the right track. But. There's enough words. It's kind of like the sentences that you read where the word, the first and last letter of the word are the same, but everything else is all jumbled. It's like, yep, the point gets across. I understand. Is Birds of Prey a good movie? Birds of Prey is worth a trip to the theaters. Birds of Prey is a good movie. It's immensely fun, absurd at, ti- absurd at times, but in a way that always feel, feels in line with tits, which I assume is a misspelling. I'm sorry. That took a turn. <laughs> absurd at times, but in a way that always feels in line with tits. All right. He's over-sexualizing the film, so we got that to factor in as well. I, I'm assuming it was a mistake, but who knows? I, I don't assume anything here. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, is Birds of Prey a sequel to Suicide Squad? Yes, Harley Quinn appeared in Suicide Squad. We've been doing these quizzes for a while. Uh, it's hard for me to, to choose one. It's my favorite answer, but this might be it. 
Oh no! This is that, strap in, everybody. This is going to be something. It's not quite as crazy as pyramids. Pyramids might be number one. Pyramids. pyramids is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, read the question again, then go right into that yeah. answer, so everybody gets the full experience. Is Birds of Prey a sequel to Suicide Squad? It's all here, people, and it's all definitely stuff that happens. <laughs> what is that about? Excuse me? Can you imagine making this quiz and that's like, you know what, that's the answer. <laughs> that is 100% how that person wrote that, too. They leaned back in their chair. They typed that with one hand. It's all here, people, and it all happens. It's all definitely stuff that happens. <laughs> Which, again, is, is not wrong. <laughs> it is all stuff that happens, but... What the fuck? <laughs> it's all here, people. It's all here. We got one last one. We finally broke you. We got one last movie. Get it together. Larry Bird ball time. Oh, I... <sighs> yeah, man. And it's a, it's a doozy. This guy went in hard. Oh, this on one's the... a doozy. Yeah, this guy went in hard on the Truman Show. Oh, okay. All right. A little Kristoff action. Let's do it. Ed Harris? Is the Truman Show based on a true story? The Truman Show stars Jim Carrey and Ed Harris. The Truman Show, in that respect, is the only genuine reality store. The intricate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now they're back to not finish. All right, good to know. Good to know. They're back to not finishing their thoughts. What is... The Truman Syndrome. The Truman Syndrome is the feeling that you're being watched, but you're not being watched. The Truman Show delusion, also known as Truman Syndrome, is a type of delusion. I'm going to give that to you. That that's pretty much it. That 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 yep. that that's you're in the that's right. Very, that's very line. generous of you. I know I don't really deserve that, but thank you for that, my friend. I think you're going down to like the delusion part. You got. I think you got where he's coming yeah. from. What is the main message? Oh, sorry. What is the main massage of the Truman Show? Mm, the main massage is sometimes people watch you, so you got to watch what you do. As I understand it, the movie is intended to be a social commentary on how we allow our lives to get wrapped up. He's giving the Inception treatment to you right now. <laughs> what is happening? Okay, yes. All right. What is wrong with the Truman Show? <laughs> It is difficult at that time to take Jim Carrey seriously as an actor. Uh, nope, it's just rated PG, so it has mild profanity and fleeting violence. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> just when I think I'm, I'm on to something, I'm nowhere close. How does Truman find truth? Truman sails his... Boat to the end of the set. Even his best friend and wife are actually written in, forcing Truman to fall in love and build friendships with. Doesn't, doesn't answer the question. It doesn't answer the question at all. <laughs> Nothing in that answer is related to the question. That is pretty fucked up, though. Like, I, you ever think about the sexual component to the Truman Show? No, oh, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, like, yeah, it's pretty messed up. Did Truman end up with Sylvia? Unclear. Truman has been in love with her for at least 10 years, and she's been dedicating her life to him for just as long. Doesn't answer the question, but of course it doesn't. Why do, I, why do we expect answers here? 
What does Truman suffer from? Truman Syndrome. It is a picture of the city he lived in. So, don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell if you're right or not. <laughs> you gotta get this one. What does Truman say every morning? Okay. I need exact. Uh, I need exact. Yeah, yeah. Um, Inflections, everything here. Good morning. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You nailed it. You said yeah instead of you. Perfect. You nailed it. Yep. Yeah. You got two questions right. Bam. Couple more left before we end on this one. Uh, how is Truman Syndrome treated? Don't know. He gets a bit reflective, and I think you, I'll give it to you as well. He says, so what can be done for these individuals who think they're trapped inside a reality? That's, that's a don't know to me. That's, that's a don't three. know, yeah. That's, 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 a, that's a rhetorical yeah. question yeah. with uh, futility and hopelessness attached to it. Last question. Is there a deeper meaning to The Truman Show? Nope, it's just a good movie. Correct answer, Pyramid. No. Um, the Truman Show... <laughs> It goes Inception on you. The Truman Show is one of the most powerful man-made metaphors of the spiritual journey I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> you know, you did pretty good in that one. You, you, yeah. you cut three out of that. That's good. You, you ended strong. So that was a good Larry Bird ball. Get you back in the zone for John Sankey. You did a good job there. So All right, well done, yeah. sir. I'm so thrown by his uh, last week's Misery Index thing because he was already crushing it, and then that came out of nowhere. And that's, yeah, Mickey's dead on the table now. Yeah, no, he's he's done. He's, he's coming for you. He's calling you out, and I can't wait to see it happen. A little questions on Twitter? Let's do it. What? All right, if you want to be part of the process, follow us at TTP Show Van on Twitter. Keep your eye out for the call for questions. Got quite a few good ones here tonight. Uh, Lisa loves hockey at Lisa Martin Image. They steal our players. They taunt us with their Our Guys tweets. Now they are stealing TTP segments. Can we put a restraining order on the Calgary Flames? They uh, posted a picture of their team here their, uh, from their rookie camp and said, yes, yeah, smash that like button to congratulate the rookies on rock-solid victory over the Oilers. I do not appreciate that. There's no appreciate coming my way for that. That's garbage. I, you know how I feel about your usage of that word, but I don't even appreciate that. Right. Yeah, we can get yeah. on the same page here. We don't appreciate that. Restraining order, we will get our lawyer on this. Absolutely. Uh, Garrett at Ash Empire, is there a direct correlation between how one feels about spiders and whether they read The Lord of the Rings or Charlotte's Web first? Uh, for me, it's arachnophobia. We talked about this yeah, before. Same. That yeah, same. Yeah, it's arachnophobia for me, me too. Yeah, like the same. thought that spiders could travel by plane and set up shop in a town and kill everyone, that's horrifying. Yeah, I also was never scared of spiders before I saw that movie. Yeah. So. No, not, uh, yeah, not good. Not good at all. Oh, yeah, spiders are the absolute worst. Uh, he also said, uh, for bonus Patreon content, rank the what-if episodes from worst to first. I'm torn because it should be Patreon content. But we so don't are we gonna have do a it? Patreon yet. Yeah, are we going to do a freebie for now? <laughs> yeah, a little teaser. We'll just do teaser for probably two years until we get it up and running. <laughs> okay, so what, what are the, can you list them for me? So we have, um, okay, so the first one was Captain Carter. Then that's the last to, one because they took yeah. no chance for me bottom on the barrel then uh, T'Challa Star-Lord mm-hmm. uh, Hank Pym kills the Avengers um, sp- spoilers if you haven't seen it shit um, yeah, what if the Avengers yeah fuck it um, that was a month ago uh, Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands uh, Marvel Zombies 
Party Thor, which is the most recent one, which you have not seen. And then what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? So I think we both are in agreement that Captain Carter, the safest of the one, good first episode, get it going. But as far as the other ones, uh, it doesn't uh, doesn't compare. No, no. I'll put Thor first. I haven't seen it, but I love Thor. I'm going to go first. Uh, second, I honestly, for some reason, Hank Pym kills the Avengers. That's probably my favorite one so far I've actually seen. I really like yeah. that one. I my... That Fun. Yeah, I, I thought that one was great too. Uh, my best to worst, he said worst to first, but best to worst, uh, Doctor Strange one was my favorite. Okay. Uh, then uh, the Killmonger one. Mm-hmm. I just, I know we talked about this a little bit before the air. You were disappointed that, and I am too, to a degree, that it wasn't just like, what if Killmonger's win was recognized? Yes, and I wanted. T'Challa was never <laughs> uh, rescued and resurrected. Or what if he was, and then he shows up and everyone's like, no, fuck it, this guy won. So yeah. we're not going to listen to you. That's what I, uh, I I loved the Killmonger one. That ca- this just goes to show you that character, man. He's a schemer. He's a planner, and he had this mapped out. It's yeah. I think that one's awesome. Hank Pym kills the Avengers. That was my number three. I also loved that one. I thought that was great. What a cool little murder mystery that was. Yep. I enjoyed um, that. I had Party Thor at four. Zombies at five. T'Challa, Star Lord at six, and then Captain Carter was my uh, has, is my number seven. Yeah, I think I would have balanced a little bit lower for me. It would have been Doctor Strange. I know it just didn't it didn't grab me as much as I thought it yeah. would. But yeah, other than that, it's pretty close to your list. Yeah, cool. Uh, let's see. Lisa Martin Image also says, does the TTP army need to retweet uh, Frankie to or tweet Frankie to get him to free this gate? It seemed like it worked with the Coyotes. So the Coyotes went back to the Kachina full time. Uh, and then, yeah, they retweeted a guy or quote tweeted Connor Edwards from March 26, 2021. Bring back the white Kachina, you cowards. And then they said, we hope you're happy, Connor, because they just recently did that. So black skate, free the skate, justice for Jay Swing, all of the above, blue yeah. seats. Just easy money. We've talked about it a lot. I brought it up myself today because I don't know why they're not doing it, even as a third to bring a rotation. It feels a lot like the current WWE slash AEW situation where for like years we've been talking about how it could be done a better way and everyone's like, no, it's fine. And when someone actually does it a better way, you're like, hey, that's pretty neat. So if the Aquilini is even just a bit of tiny bit of fan service, it would go over like gangbusters, but yeah. they're not. And I don't know, like, it, sure, you love your green and blue, fine, fuck it. But like, you tell me you can't have a third in rotation. Your players love it. The fans love it. Other fans love it. It's easy money. Like I true. Like it feels like at this point they're not doing it out of like stubbornness Sp- and spite. Out of spite. Yeah. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's insane. It's so stupid. So, fine. Don't make money. Don't make the fans happy. You know. Enjoy. I, I don't get it, but sure. You criticize our general manager. You criticize our choices in our team. You know what? You don't get your fancy jersey back. Fuck yeah. you. That's You're at war like. with your own fan base. <laughs> yeah. So spot dumb. To be in. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Hank at always ninety four one third of the PP one podcast. Rank the Mario suits in order of awesomeness and effectiveness. Now I got the Tanuki suit, the frog suit, the raccoon suit, the hammer bro suit, and the P wing. Um, I think the ra- isn't the raccoon and the Tanuki suit isn't it the same thing. No, um, Tanuki you can turn into stone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah mean, help help me out here. What I think for terms of like there's stress involved if you get a really good suit there's a stress involved so like p-wings you die like that flying there's a lot of stress involved that i don't like the idea that like it goes away same with tanuki like you have extra power being able to turn stone but then when you turn stone you only have are able to do it for like in like five seconds and like say you're sitting there stone and like that's make you makes you immobile and say a fireball is coming towards you you're starting to blink you might lose your skin so much stress involved hmm. give me the everyday usage of the raccoon suit that's number one by far it's got the most use you can find it the most places i love it uh, do we have flower power in there? Are we using fireballs? No, that, it's not on there. That's bizarre because I need that. I know because I love that one. Yeah, like 
I love that one, and I love the Hammer Bros. For me, is my top choice because that's a little bit of how do you fucking like it, mm-hmm. right? You got your helmet on, you got your little backpack, your shoulder pads on, and you're throwing hammers and stuff too. I love when you kind of flip it on those assholes. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm here to hear that conversation, but again, just for utility and for the ease of use of getting it, raccoon suit's my go-to. Uh, frog suit is garbage. I don't give a shit. You're hopping around on land. You look like an idiot. Yeah, and water is fine, but water levels suck anyway, so that can go bond of the barrel. Uh, so I'll go with, uh, since we can't include flower power, raccoon, hammer brothers, tanuki, bottomless frog. What else is there? Did I miss one? What, what else did you have on there? P-wing was on there, too. P-wing, yeah. I mean, that's just like... The stress. The stress level's too high. The stress of that. No, I'm good. I mean, that's good for like the the ship level in World 8. little Super Mario Bros. 3 action for you. That's good. You can fly over everything, but other than that, no. Good man. John at John Sinky 604 Yeah, my question is for Bowman. How does it feel to be outshined in consecutive weeks by one of your listeners on the Misery Index? Are you feeling the heat in your cozy little studio there? I'm a 40-year-old man. How dare you ask to see my goggles? He brought heat on multiple levels. He's showing knowledge of the show, knowledge of the game. He even knows he nailed it this week. He Dude. didn't even know that he nailed it this week. He, he or knew. did he? He knew. Yeah. Really funny about DMing him the answers. <laughs> Creating this rivalry? Yeah. I didn't, but that would have been a great idea. Yeah. So, um, again, you've never had a contender like this. This is the guy that's going to beat you off the best. I'm glad he came about organically. I'm glad it takes place in the glory hole section of the show. I cannot wait till you guys face off. All right. The partition at Not Your Sandwich. If you hired everyone's favorite Bing quiz writer to write your resume for you, how would it read? And would you get that dream job with it? There's a chance you would nail it because he might hit the most insightful part of it for you. Like maybe there's a part like your your like your, what you've done. He doesn't do that great. He trails off in the middle of it. And he goes maybe yeah no I doesn't know. But then there's that last part where he's plead to the guy and tell him about your life experiences and he nails it with some insightful shit. And it's someone who's really empathetic. I think he could. Chances are pretty low, but there's yeah. a five percent chance that he comes read, through for you. you. To, yeah, that's the end of it. You got to read through the rest of the resume. Objective to find employment in the field of. Experience. I don't know. Picture of Hire GTA. me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's a picture of a hamburger in there. <laughs> Skills? Pyramids. Yeah. So it's a, it's a real risk, but... Yeah. Or you just hand a piece of paper, my resume is available on American Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be it too. <laughs> That's it right there. <laughs> uh, Lisa Martin image. Do you think PD spends his evenings watching Gilmore Girls, eating Werther's, and wishing he was with his friend Brock? Absolutely. I feel like he avoided the bag skate, so he's loving that. I think he likes keeping Brock on his toes, because now Brock's got FOMO of, like, Hughes hanging out with him. Like, oh, my God, am I not going to be the best friend anymore? So I think Petey's playing some high-level mind games here right now. Yeah, now Lisa also attached a picture. I'm not sure if this is her or not, but there's a nice cup of hot chocolate from the looks of it. Some Gilmore Girls happening on the laptop. But there's also a thing of pumpkin spice... Werther's Originals, which I've never seen up here. Interesting, interesting. I think, are those the ones the soft center ones, or are they just the regular? Yeah, pumpkin spice uh, soft caramels. They're a bit sweet for me, pumpkin spice, okay. those ones. I've tried them. Um, All right. But, you know, anything that supports Werther's. There's a Werther's for everyone, as we always say. That is true. We do say that mm-hmm. at least two or three times an episode. Yeah, it's true. It's there. Don't, don't fact check that. Never fact check us. Chris Phillips at Phillips Chris Twelve, uh, co-host of the Ballhawks podcast. The way Bowman's tone changed during the TTP misery makes me question: Do you have a personal experience with poison ivy? 
Uh, no, I I don't. I mean, everybody I think has been exposed to it, you know, once or twice by accident, but nothing where it's you know you're using it accidentally instead of toilet paper. I just know that that's horrific sounding, and you don't want to mess with that. He also says, "Bravo to you, sir, for canceling that fifty-year-old jerk's membership and for artfully telling him to fuck off without saying fuck off." That man has since reached out, uh, complained on the website, which he doesn't realize just filters back to me anyway. Um, wanting his refund for his month and stuff, and that dies with me. There will be no response to that. So that just has gone into the void of space, and there you go. So, yeah. It's like uh, with the, the movie in space where like your, your mask comes off, you just freeze over and float away. That's what happened yep. to that, that email from him. Sorry. Here's what happened. Oh, the manager there did this and blah, 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 because I said this rule was bullshit, blah, 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 blah. I want a refund. I want to be contacted. You ain't going to be. It's over for you. You're done. You're also going uh, to be pale as fuck this winter, bruds. Bruds? <laughs> the yeah. new word. The new word of the day is bruds. Bruds. <laughs> Brother buds. It's even Polite, worse than buds. Pol- yeah, bruds. <laughs> <laughs> Brother and buds all in the same one. Oof. Sorry, bruds. Uh, <laughs> I'm politefully listening to you, bruds. Right. <laughs> oh, shit. <The> combination. <laughs> Justin Morissette at Justin Morris. With word that the estates of Stan Lee and Steve Ditko are suing Disney and Marvel for ownership of their characters, who are some brand new superheroes you would like to see join the Avengers, i.e. a super fast bike messenger, just as a random example? Yeah, let's do it. Let's like make Wiley a Marvel character. Oh shit! Is he actually suing them for like ownership of his character? There's a uh, yeah. There's a lot going on. I think the story's taken a couple twists and turns since I first read it like this morning and some clarification. But at a certain point, the estates of the creators can sue for like ownership rights. Uh, and if that's the case, then that will basically mean okay, that's it for Spider Man and Iron Man and all uh, Doctor Strange and all these characters. Marvel would not be able to use them anymore. This is not going to happen. This is a. I feel it's a big non-story. It all centers around money, and obviously the Mouse House will just back up the money truck to these families if they do win their rights back for whatever reason. And like this is all going. This is all going nowhere. It was a really weird story that became, you know, real. Sky is falling type thing for a lot of people. Like, holy shit, are we done with Marvel movies? Are they just going to revert back to the families? No, they'll find a way to work everything out. It's just, you know, money grab, perhaps. Probably, like, as a concession, give them, like, one of the shitty Marvel characters. Here yeah, you. you get... Yeah, take Ant-Man. Storm. Yeah. yeah, Storm and Ant-Man. <laughs> enjoy, <get> <laughs> enjoy Dazzler. <laughs> she, creates, she creates fireworks of light, and she also sings really well. That's Dazzler. I actually like Dazzler. Yeah, You're not giving her up. I take her back. Yeah, fuck her. no, no. We need Dazzler. Okay, you can have Wolverine. We keep Dazzler. Uh, Becca at the Chewbacca. Seeing some of the Canucks pretty much die after the bag skate, what's your least favorite drill that you've ever had to do? Mine was a combo of running lines and doing burpees at each line during my high school back to basketball practices. I want to barf just thinking about them. Now, here's a fun thing. Uh, I had to do the exact same. Uh, exercises at practices, and I also hated it. That was the worst. Our coach in high school basketball, he was all about conditioning. So we ran so much, and he would just scream, it's the fourth quarter! Don't give up! And just like would run us to the ground. Like I've never been and will never be in as good a shape in my entire life. But those bag runs essentially were fucking horrible. What about you? What's some of the worst like physical things, drills and stuff you've had to do? I love the drills. I was in great shape in high school. I loved it all the time. The thing I hated was when we had to do square dancing. I didn't want. I didn't want a day off. I got. Oh, mad. I love square dancing. I got so mad about that. Like, oh, and 
to all the girls wearing the gloves because we had sweaty hands. Come on, don't don't shame us like that. Yeah. They like wear gloves. Sorry, everyone's hands are sweaty. What? Oh, and you're in like ninth grade and you get to dance with like the really pretty like grade 12 girls in the square dancing and you like you see them, you know the, the rotation's going to be and you hope you get to them before the song ends and the dance is over and then you do and then, you know, you don't end up falling in love and getting married. That that part's tough, but the dancing is good. We should be doing Oh, Johnny O? Should be doing some runs. I don't, I don't have time for square dancing. Come on. So you were you were that 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 gym bro. You were that jock. That that brood, that brood. Like more you than lean muscles. Like, yeah, I was that brood. I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> clanging weights, but I was doing the long distance running. <laughs> lean muscle. <laughs> Come on, bruds, let's go run. <laughs> what are we dancing for, bruds? Come on. Oh, man. Dancing will get a scholarship, bruds. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, I love square dancing. I thought that was great. Uh, Joshua Griffith at Joshua Griffith Zero, uh, host of the unnamed sports show, also one of my co-hosts on Van Slam. Uh, this one, I guess this is geared towards you, Wyatt. What was the best run to do in Diablo 2 expansion for drops? Also got some good stuff from Andre- Andriel. Andriel. Uh, and Ariel, but a lot of people liked he Mephisto run. And maybe just talk about Diablo 2 for a bit. I yield the floor. Stay well and listen. That's for my Diablo fans. Uh, um, <laughs> shout out to Decker Kane. Rest in peace, bro. Um, here's the thing. What any of this means. <laughs> there, are, there are runs in that, like, the game, for the most amount of drops, like, like you get, like, high-end gear. Um, to have the highest chance of those dropping repeatedly, you'd run boss runs. So Mephisto was my favorite because you got there, you had a good chance of hitting mid-range stuff. To get the really high-end gear, you had to go farm in areas in which it was like... Imagine, let's give you an example, Big Star. You can go there and have a good chance of getting a good drop, getting a good sandwich. But let's say there's the ultimate sandwich, but you have to, you have to go all over Burnaby to try and find it. Mm. So a lot more time, not guaranteed you'll find it, takes longer... But that's the end game shit you could find. So you have to do that. You have to go to the high-end areas to find like the high-end stuff, but like the return wasn't there all the time. That's so right. it's like yeah, playing a slot machine, even better. Playing a slot machine, you get small returns all the time, so you get your winning, it's fun, you're getting a lot of returns, but there's that machine that you only win once in a blue moon, but it costs a lot of money and time. So I was more of the short-term investments. Obviously, I'm doing school, and so I just wanted to get my shit and get it as quick as possible. So if Mephisto runs were there, and Dario was fine. But like Pindle Skin runs, going to areas in which you could like get like the level 85, 87 gear, uh, it just took a long time. And you could have a whole night where you didn't get a single unique doing that, that kind of style, and I'd always feel bummed, whereas the other way, I at least got short-term gear. And again, yeah. Diablo 2 was also based on trading with other people. Like you'd go online, it was kind of like a Craigslist at the time. You'd start a lobby again, like looking for this, and you try and trade with people. So there was a lot of like human element to try and trade with people. And here's the worst part. There were no trading windows. So you'd have to basically go on one side of the screen. They'd go on their side of the screen. You'd both drop your item so you could see it on the ground. And then you'd run across trying to grab the item before that guy got back. Like you'd try and like, yeah, you'd have to basically race and hope Same that he's honest. Same time. Yeah. Same time. One, two, three, run over. Some people would like grab theirs and try and grab yours and cheat you out of it. Like it was... The Wild Wild West of Diablo 2 will never happen again. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Austin at AUSCA16. Uh, if you had to t- pick one type of cuisine to eat for the rest of your lives, what would it be? He says, a world without pizza is not a world I can live in, but I'd miss sushi. I'm a Greek food guy. I always have been. If I can't get my Slovakia on, my pitas, my, again, lemon potatoes are fan-fucking-tastic. I don't know how they make them. I know it's a simple recipe. I don't know how they do it, but the roast on them with the lemon is fantastic. Uh, the rice they do, uh, the souvlaki, the options, I love it. The tzatziki, it's, it's my jam, so I don't want the world to lose the Greek food. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd go with Italian food. Pastas, all, you know, a lot of variants to that. 
uh, which I think is great. But yeah, no Italian food for sure. Because even like the desserts, get a good little tiramisu going. The appetizers, some arancini. Yeah, I think Italian food I could not uh, could not deal without. To be and fair, pizza Greek, is included. You pizza I was going to say, Greek, first off, Greek desserts garbage. But are you, if you're including pizza, I feel it's a bit of a cop out. That's okay. Fine. It, I will. It's be the thin sa- crust I will, I will pizza sacrifice then. pizza. Or, uh, do I get Forno oven pizza? Can I have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just, it can't be like thick pizza. Domino's and shit. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, Thin yeah. crust pizza. I'll take it. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Daniel P. at the Philosopher. What aspect of the pirate lifestyle would you like to incorporate into your own life? Of the pilot lifestyle? Pirate. Oh, I said a pilot. Like sunglasses, clearly. Um, <laughs> scarves for me. Yeah, scarves. <laughs> so, so pirate life for me. Uh... I don't know how much I like pirate lifestyle. Like you've got, I guess, got the freedom of the sea. You've got international rules. You've got rule guidelines, not rules. You can potentially turn into a skeleton if things go wrong with your captain. That's um, always a, that's always a possibility when you're a pirate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You never know who turned into a bad guy. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be a smelly lifestyle. I guess having a cool sword. There you go. I like having a sword. That'd be fun. Do we call the yeah. swashbuckler once in a while? That's the thing. I need more swashbuckling in my life. I love sword fighting. I always have. Um, and I've always wanted to go. Uh, there's the Academy Duello uh, in like Vancouver, which is a sword fighting gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a bunch. And they also do like a bunch of different combat things. Like you can learn how to fight with a spear and a shield and that sort of stuff. And you can do like rapiers or broadswords, all that sort of stuff. I've always wanted to do that. I also absolutely love boats, as people know. So uh, the, the boats and the swashbuckling, if I had to pick one. Ah, I think maybe the swashbuckling. Love a good sword fight. Always have. I'm going to go to that place one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. Uh, Lauren Gardner at that guy, 72, not counting Premium Rush. Rank your three favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt movies. I think there's three that stand heads and toes above the the rest of his movies, very clearly. But what do you have? I think well, who you did a tweet on like throwing out, there were four actors presented and you had to throw one out. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Denzel, yeah. Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Robert Downey Jr. You pick one to go, yeah. and all of their movies go with them. I'm, I'm not losing Inception out of that. I could not lose Inception. Yeah, that's, so. a, that's the thing. DiCaprio, I'm looking at that going, on the surface, he's probably the one I'm gravitating to towards the most, right? Mm-hmm. But Inception, and I love Django Unchained, too. Um and Catch Me If You Can is a really great movie. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really, really tough one. The thing with DiCaprio is he doesn't do a lot of comedies. So you're looking at mostly like dramas and biopics and stuff for there's not a lot of variety. On the surface, just with the filmography itself, Robert Downey Jr. is the clear choice. But I can't sacrifice those Marvel movies. I just, I can't. Those are too important to me. Uh, Denzel, I'm not losing Crimson Tide. It's not fucking happening. No, I'm losing it, Crimson Tide. Pardon? I think Denzel. You got Denzel. Yeah, yeah. Gotta go. What about when they took Pelham? One, two, three. Yeah. What about Inside Man? There, there was a brief Pelican at one point. I know, but uh, I'm just gonna. I'm not losing Inception. Anyways, back to the point. (laughs) Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movies. Yeah, I think Inception number one. People are gonna say Power of the Summer. I don't. I don't want to put it there. What have you done? Okay. All right. So here's the three. I feel. I feel that this, even though it's a. Uh, request for an opinion. I feel like there's a right and wrong answer to this. Okay. Uh, Inception, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Looper has to be on your that list. That is a great one. Yep. And I'm thinking 10 Things I Hate About You also needs to be on your list. First full range, that makes sense. You've hit yep. everything there. Yep. I'm thinking like, like Brick can sneak in from the outside. I do enjoy Brick. 
uh, 50-50 was also, I feel, a pretty good movie. But those are like, that's it. Looper, Inception, and 10 Things I Hate About You. Fuck, that's, that's good stuff. That's, un, that's, un, that's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Uh, James R. Yan at Jimmy underscore Yan. Which holdout is currently more stressful for you guys? Simmons or Petey slash Hughes? I think Simmons because I think Hughes and Patterson, they're not even close to the vitriol that's around Simmons. Like they'll get yeah. taken care of. We know how that ends. It ends with them being on the team and playing for the team. We just hope it's for a decent amount of time, right? That's the thing. We know they're yeah. coming back and everything is just, you know, bridge deal, long term. What's the money look like? Blah, blah. The Simmons thing is so layered because here's a team that's on the cusp of going on a significant championship run and being right there. And then here's this guy who's one of their highest paid players, supposed to be one of their, you know, trio of superstars who is in this very contentious relationship. And. With the holdout, you're looking at what are they going to get in return for him if he does go that makes the team better. Because if he doesn't play, if he just holds out, that's a big loss for them on the court. 100%. You cannot argue against that. So that's a problem. If they are dealing him for somebody or for players that aren't as good and they take a step backwards, that's a problem. I see there's almost the the Simmons one for sure because there is no resolution to that that we are going to be happy about as fans unless it's uh, Dame or Beal coming back, which it's looking less likely by the day. No, agreed 100%. There's just, it's like Simmons is in a room full of dynamite and gasoline. He's holding up a match, whereas uh, Hughes and Patterson, we just, it, it's going to happen. It's just like you said, it's just how long. Yeah. Anna Forsyth at a Forsyth 3 uh, part of the C4 podcast. If the cool podcast told you to jump off a cliff, would you? And we all know what podcast we're talking about here. I'm afraid why of heights. We, I probably wouldn't jump off the cliff. Why would we tell ourselves to jump off a cliff? I don't know why we're doing that. I mean, oh. I might ask you to do it. But yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little slip and slide there. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. We've just identified ourselves as the cool podcast. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen at Chef Swagger HK. What out of these characters from Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Which would you fuck? Which would you marry? And which would you kill? Pee Wee Herman, Francis, and Large Marge. Kill Francis, hundred percent. Yeah, you can't marry Pee Wee Herman though. That's too much all the time. That's just too much. Yeah, that, you're that's you're with that your whole life. Yeah, <laughs> no. my bike. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. A secret word you don't want. You have a headache, and you see the secret word by accident. Ah, I just you said have... the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, no not yeah. For me. I, I have Pee Wee. I have a fucking headache. Okay, yeah, I had a long, like a stressful day at work. Guy wouldn't show me his goggles. He was fifty years old. He thought I was lying. Oh, that's something I didn't mention earlier. In his little complaint or whatever, he had said like he then asked to see my goggles, which to me is akin to calling me a liar. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, yeah, <laughs> he's reaching. He's reaching. Yeah, he's reaching. Uh, yeah, that's, it's gotta, you kill Francis, I guess, you know, yeah, fuck Pee Wee Herman, and I guess you're locking down with Large March. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, it's solid. She's got a solid job, she's driving her truck, you don't have to see her that often, you get a lot of independence with that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the, that's the right answer to that. Guilty Afternoon, at Guilty Afternoon, who is the most likely next Canuck to do a non-traditional goal celebration, the Burroughs, Arrow, etc.? Who's got the flair? I think Hoaglander's got the flair in him. I think it's going to be Hoaglander. Big goal Same. for Hoagie. The yeah. swagger. Yeah. Yep. I would love to see uh, Tucker Pullman do a fucking Hadouken after he scores a goal. That'd be pretty cool. A little uh, Hadouken one? No, he doesn't have it in him. He's just going to put his head down and skate to the bench. 
Then he becomes everybody's boy. I would be <laughs> against it, actually. I would actually be anti-Hadouken, because I'm like, no, that's too flashy. Mm-hmm. Too flashy. Uh, Adam Kierzenblatt, uh, at Adam K. Blatt. Uh, let's see. Which of these options would you pick? The Canucks win the Cup three out of the next five seasons. The Sixers win the championship four out of the next six seasons. Unlimited of your favorite honey mustard sauce free for the rest of your life. That honey mustard's really trying to reach out to you. Yeah. That's a hell of an option C. Uh, again, Canucks, we're Canucks at the end of the day. It's going to be Canucks. Yeah, three business, three out of five years. Them. Oh, yeah. man. The dunking. That'd be so good. Mm-hmm, you would probably mm-hmm. get like back to back in there too, I would imagine. Yeah, well, that'd be weird if it was like one, three, five. But yeah, you gotta get a back to back in there. I mean, nice. yeah, but like to have zero championships for fifty years and then to win three in five, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. We're you know Canucks guys primarily. So, uh, Michael Penner at Dad Bodacious, if you were to wake up tomorrow doing a completely different job than you are now, but with the same amount of experience as your current job, what would you choose? No, oh, I'd love to have been in writing for. Movies, TV shows, that sort of stuff. I would yeah. have been in a room pitching ideas and come up with stuff. That's my favorite thing to do. So something in creative, uh, creative environment like that, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, outside of that, I'd probably say I wish I could work in a movie store again or like a music oh, store if those things days. existed. Mm-hmm. Those were still looking back my favorite jobs I ever had. Uh, just you know, getting paid to hang out and listen to music or talk about movies and stuff all day and make recommendations. To, it was literally just talking to people about movies all day. It was just I was in absolute heaven. So I would love to do that if the opportunity arose. But nope. Uh, Alistair at AE underscore all chin. Why are golden Oreos so slept on? This is almost like a sneaky way of talking about deep and delicious. Um, when something is clearly better, if that's how you're going to interpret it. Then fine. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I, I read it's been put down in front of me. Yeah, I, I do think that it's established that chocolate oreos are fantastic. You have zero reason to make them vanilla with that golden shit. Um, they're not slept on. They're 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 terrible. It's another deep and delicious situation for you me. So I'm not gonna lunatic. Oh, you want they're marbled delicious. Oreos now? Oh, yeah. I like the golden Oreos the best. They're golden. Best medal you can win at the Olympics. The best. What's something that's gold that sucks? Uh, Deep and delicious vanilla cake and uh, golden uh, Oreos. It's the gold standard for Oreos right then and there. So, yeah, no, it's they're good. They're Cantaloupe good. in a certain light can be golden. That sucks. Cantaloupe is great. Elliot Onions Leon great. <laughs> at Elliot Leon 5. What's your favorite moon-based movie? Mine is Moon with Sam Rockwell. I like it because it's set entirely on the moon. Others, including Apollo 13, First Man, 2001 Space Odyssey. I don't count Transformers Dark of the Moon. None of us. None of us moon movie fans do. Uh, I will also throw down hard for uh, Moon, Sam Rockwell. What a great movie. You ever see it? Yeah. No, I'm. your moon movies are your golden delicious shit. I'm more of a Mars guy, so I'm just going to throw a, down for Mar- the Martian. Yeah, now you're confusing it with apples. <laughs> golden delicious are types of apples. Why? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going with uh, I, I'm with Martian. I want Mars movies. Give me that. Oh, all the time. yeah, yeah. Big Martian. Yeah. What about Red Planet versus Mission to Mars? Which do you prefer? Oh, Red Planet was pretty dope. That that's the movie that slept on. Yeah, <laughs> remember, yeah. Remember the fucking commercials for Mission to Mars that show them walking into the Mars face, like the end of the movie, and there's only like three of them. Yep, yep. It's ridiculous. A little giveaway. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Big Dan Smash at Chaba 09. My Smash. daughter loves Paw Patrol. 
Uh, and the new movie is on demand. Do I pay the modest rental price for one view and risk that being enough? Or drop $30 because she's a kid and kids rewatch the shit out of those movies? Sma- you're a smasher. Smash on that 30 bucks. Go get your money's worth. It's going to be rewatched at the end of time. You know it. We know it. Just go ahead. Smash that button. Bye. I absolutely agree. Smash that. Go for it. Uh, yeah. I... I remember being a kid and watching the movies that I loved over and over and over and over again. You don't have that desire for variety when you're a kid. You just you want to watch what you know you love. So yeah, thirty bucks, not a steep price to pay at all. Smash that button. Denux at no lottery luck is pairing Shen with Hughes for the season equivalent to Pearson with Bo. Uh, and then he says, "I wouldn't hate Shen there." It's one of those things where, like. I don't think it's a great long-term thing, but to say you've got like a rough and tumble game ahead of you and you know that Luke Shen's not good, Branson. He's going to back up those words. He's going to protect his boy. He'll be out there defending him. But you're not necessarily going to be wanting all the even strength time uh, for Hughes with uh, Shen. Again, maybe Shen plays well, but he is what he is at this point. He's one of my boys, but I don't think I want him in a top-four role. You have him out there pickling penalties and doing the bottom pairing. But for his little spots here and there, you know, totally down with it. Not, not a problem. Right on. Uh, Landon Carrier at Ancient 44. Who is your sleeper pick for Rookie of the Year in the NHL this year? Maybe someone no one is talking about. Um, I mean, they want us to go outside the Canucks, but why can't it be Pac Colson? Uh, yeah, I want to stay within the Canucks yeah, and go, go Pac Colson. I think, yeah. yeah, we saw Hoaglander last year kind of flirting with, uh, not like he's ever win it, but kind of flirting with uh, being around the discussion of being one of the better rookies. So for me, yeah, Pac Colson, I think, has a better chance than Hoagland did last year. So, uh, again, I don't, I'm not saying he's have a great, fantastic season, but I think he can have a very solid season. So I'm excited to see what Puck Olsen is going to bring. Joshua at J-Dubs, what do you guys think you need to do to become the number five ranked sports podcast in Vancouver? Uh, have one of the podcasts in front of us to shut it down and retire. That's the easiest way up to there. Yeah, I there. think sabotage is probably yep. the number one thing we need to do to climb these rankings. That can work as well. We can also, if we get that Manscaped money, maybe... Another run of T-shirts, maybe uh, buy a soundboard for me as well. It works, and we can have some some soundboard shenanigans. And oh yeah, yeah. We we got some ideas. Yeah, uh, Marcus Mayer at Marcus underscore Mayer twenty seven. Do you guys collect physical music, and if so, which format? I don't collect physical anything. I used to be like hardcore on, on video games, like oh I want the giant boxes. I got to keep the CDs. Yeah. But the only game I'm glad I kept is the Diablo two series because that's my favorite game of all time. But other than that. I don't miss it. I've thrown, I've given stuff away. I put it you know, out of my mind. I used to. The only guy that, I have Diablo two, and I have a bunch of hockey video games just for a fun collection of like throughout the years. But other than that, I don't miss physical copies of anything. It's just yeah, a lot clutter. I wish if I could tell my younger self something, it was it would be to not spend so much, so much of my money, not just on my CD collection, which was super extensive, uh, but also my DVD collection, which was even bigger, uh, because. Yeah, now there's stuff that's not on streaming that I'm able to watch at my leisure. But for the most part, when I'm sitting down to watch something, I'm just going through the streaming services and all that. Um, I like having my big collections still, but the music one especially, I never really go back to my CDs because everything you can find um, online on streaming services and stuff. So yeah, no physical uh, music for me. And I'm not a vinyl guy. I know like vinyl people are very serious about being vinyl people, but that was never me just because I know it's an expensive, uh, expensive hobby. And for me, it's not about the, that level of audio quality. So. Yep. 
Uh, Peter Wang at Peter underscore Wang eight. How do we come? How do I become a Patreon supporter for At the Movies nineteen and a half years later? It's my favorite movie rewatch podcast. If that was true, you would know the title of it is uh, nineteen and a half At the Movies later, or what, what's well, it called? Nineteen and a half years of the movies. Ten years later is the official title. Uh, <laughs> no, it's nine and a half years of the movies. Uh, again, we've had a couple of different names over the years. He's just an OG fan. Uh, we've done some tinkering with the name, so kudos to him for being here for the entire ride. We do have a Patreon where the first level is 1950, so uh, I will send you what you get with that. You get prime content. I will review movies not just nine and a half years as movies ten years later, but also 19 and three quarters. So I can, you know, that's the the bonus Patreon content you get. We have Mike Paris, my co-host. Uh, we also have from Patreon co- uh, content uh, uh, some guest appearances from Janine. She comes on as well. So what? Yeah, just a lot of good stuff on there. So again, she never I told me that. I appreciate it's behind a paywall. I appreciate everyone out there supporting the podcast. Uh, I love doing it. It's probably my favorite podcast I do. So it's the love from the fans that keeps me going. So you know, keep it coming. Keep keep telling me how much you love it, and I'll keep doing it. You just kept going there, didn't you? I gotta support my my podcast, bro. What do you want me to do? All right, well, 19 and a half years at the movies later. You yeah. can find it on GeoCities and Lycos, Angel uh, Alta Vista. Yeah, we're updating. We're, up, we're getting there. We're updating. All right, and that's it for questions on Twitter. And why? That's pretty much it for the show. Is there anything else you wanted to get into and talk about? Uh, well, do you have any? Well, we talked about movies. Um, yeah. We have our wrestling podcast, You'll Be Away, on Monday. Yep. Uh, is there anything else going on? How do we, and do you fire anyone or sorry cancel any memberships at work people like those no stories. Uh, no nothing uh nothing significant this week um trying to think yeah, i wasn't in the i wasn't in the club a lot this week so i didn't have uh a whole lot of fireworks or anything uh, oh actually fine that's not accurate um somebody did send me an email asking for a religious exemption uh for the vaccine passport and it was the second paragraph where they decided to go uh, pretty hardcore against abortion, um, referring to it as, you know, Awkward. murder and all that. Yeah, as you do. And then dovetailed that into talking about how they used um, fetal stem cells or whatever to test the vaccine proteins or or whatever. Um, and as a reason for that, it's not within their religious beliefs to get the vaccine. So they would still like to use the gym and uh, let them know when they're able to come in. My response being never, uh, unless you get your vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no religious exemptions to which they responded back to me. There actually are. Are you just saying that? Did you even send my letter off to the BC Health Services? Because we, you know, came up with a resolution for my daughter's Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. And I'm like, okay, well. Uh, and then they went off and said, I feel this is a form of discrimination. And you need to rectify this or else we will take this further. To which I responded back, uh, yeah, well, I don't know where you're getting your information, but we take our uh, orders from, you know, the Government of BC website. Here is a link to the vaccine passport information, everything you need to know. Uh, Also, here's a link to the public health order itself. Feel free to read that. And if there's something I missed that makes you qualified for a religious exemption, by all means, feel free to let me know. Otherwise, you are able to suspend your membership or we can also cancel you if that's easier. That was out there, waited and waited and waited, understood, you can go ahead and cancel my membership. Boom. Checkmate. (laughs) So that was the, yeah, I was like, I think it was like Monday morning I walked in, I looked at the email and read this thing. I'm like, Jesus, 
Oof. So yeah, it's not many emails I get from uh, from members and stuff. They they go into their thoughts on abortion in the second paragraph and get really hardcore about it. But you yeah. know, on well, Monday, vaccine passport uh, brings out a lot in people. So sure does, sure does, sure does. Uh, yeah, but nothing's. It's been super harmonious there actually since the vaccine passport came into effect. Everyone's showing it. Nobody has a real problem with it. I you know I didn't think we'd get people going nuts on us for it, but. Uh, yeah, no, it's actually been pretty all right. Have you been anywhere that requires you to show proof of it or anything? No, I have the picture on my phone ready to go if I need be, but it's, yeah, it's, again, pretty chill as it should be. So Yeah, yeah I went to play hockey last Saturday. That was the first time I had to go somewhere that I was required to show it. Super easy, smooth. They had a person at the door. All right, great. Thank you so much. And then I've been to a couple of restaurants since. It's like showing ID if you ask for alcohol and you look like you're, you know, 19 or 18 or whatever. Like, they're going to, you know, just check. It's really quick and easy and you don't need to make a fucking spectacle of it. You have your personal feelings and whatever on it. And that's all well and good. But, yeah, this is where we're at now. And this is where we're going to be till January. So, you know, fucking suck it up and deal with it. Done. Done. <laughs> um, what's coming up soon? Uh, Venom. Is coming out uh, next week. No Eminem song yet, unfortunately, but the Let There Be he Carnage. I know. Every single a Carnage song. Apparently, from uh, the scuttles and butts that, uh, that I'm hearing, is that the uh, mid and post credit scene for this Venom are uh, seismic. Okay. They're very, very, very big. Uh, weird that they're sort of leaking this. Not what they are, but weird that they're sort of leaking it. You know, and let's not talk about the movie itself, but no, what you really want to come see is the thing after the credits. Because you, you're, you know, we're both old enough to remember, well, it's like it's been fucking hundred years, but where like the big draw was seeing the, I'm like the previews. Yeah. Remember that? Like, oh, the first trailer for Star Wars episode one is going to be attached to this movie. And then I forget what movie it was, but tons of people went and then left after the Star Wars episode one trailer like show Mm -hmm. remember that yep yeah but now they're pushing the oh the post credit scene is big time for uh for venom 2 i hope it's good i didn't much care for venom 1 i thought it was okay but you know end of the day it wasn't uh wasn't the greatest what'd you think of it i enjoyed it i enjoyed for the fact that they did a good job with venom which probably because they did a terrible job with venom previously so i was just happy with that yeah and i like the venom characters i'm more willing to give leeway on like kind of an average story so again they could have done a lot more with it but like again it's when it comes to origin stories i just kind of want to get through them i'm like just get through them and then give me the real stuff in the second movie well i was like the first one it was the fight scenes at the end between him and uh, riz ahmed's character or whatever was just like two big cgi gooey balls like men like fighting each other and it was tough to see what was going on I hope they do a better job with this one where he's fighting Carnage where you can kind of tell what's happening. Because it got a little Transformers in that first Venom where you can't specifically tell in the action what is happening. Two, you know, dark-bodied aliens duking it out at night in, like, full CGI. Yeah, pretty tough to uh, to see what's what. So, uh, yeah, and then I think that's pretty... And after that is Bond. New Bond on the horizon. get Craig out of here. Good. No time to die. You're not Get excited. Him Get him out. I just want him out. I want, I'm excited for him to be out of it. I want him gone. Had enough. And then who who becomes Bond for you afterwards? Should have, should have been Hugh Jackman back in the day. Um, God damn it, yeah. Jackman should have been him and Wolverine at the same time. Would have been fantastic. Yes. Uh, yeah, I get, Idris Elba's getting too old now, but I still would have loved him just to get it for one movie just because I've waited so long for that. He would have nailed it for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on board with it being someone I'm not really thinking of, so I'm being off the, off the radar. I think that's fine. It doesn't yeah. need to be someone that's bigger than the role. Not, yeah, not well, a problem. Daniel Craig was 
I'm not going to say he was unknown, but he wasn't an A-list, like, top-shelf yeah. star at all when he was cast. I think before that, I knew he was in Layer Cake and Road to Perdition, but that was pretty much it. And I would like to see someone with that same level of fame. It's never that. It's always people talking about A-list folks taking on the role, doing this, doing that. But I would like to see someone at a very modest or middling amount of fame get that role and get a chance to kind of make it their own. Yeah, we agree. Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria is the one. Make yep. it happen. He'd be so great. All right, well, that closes the book on uh, this episode of Trust the Process. Wyatt, should I hit the outro? Oh, please do. All right. Smash the outro. Smash it. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Trust the Process. We are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. You can catch the show in its podcast version on iTunes, Spotify, and nearly everywhere else you get your podcasts. If you want to be part of the process, follow at TTP Show Van on Twitter. Keep your eye out for the call for questions and use the hashtag TTP Show. Uh, thanks to Save on Meats for giving us the platform to do the show. We hope to return to the Meat Shack someday in the future when the world is good again. Don't forget to get your Van City original gear at Dipped on Hornby and Robson. If you want to hear more me, subscribe and follow at the movies 10 years later. It's a real show. Uh, watching and reviewing whatever movie was number one at the box office 10 years ago. You're a problem, Wyatt. Yeah, I'll, I'll plug my show when it's my turn. It's all good. <laughs> it's the retrospective movie podcast that won't kidnap and murder you. Not saying yours will. I'm just saying that we won't. Okay. Infer, infer from that what you will. Uh, I'm also in the starting lineup for Van Slam, Vancouver's only NBA podcast that I'm aware of, with Sean Warren and Joshua Griffith on the Area 51 network, and myself and my friend Wyatt Art and our mutual friend Mike Paris also host Wrestle Nation every Tuesday. Pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. Affiliated with Nation Extreme Wrestling. Big show coming up on October 9th and 10th at the Vancouver Convention Center as part of the Pinnacle Esports Expo. Why? You fired up for October 9th? Can't wait to see it. Return of LP. Seeing the walking weapon as well. Uh, young challenge is already here. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Wyatt, you are are you in training mode? Are you in preseason mode for the armies? You're doing some bag writing? I'm doing some bag writing, so I'm just writing in the middle of the night, like repeatedly typing words. Doesn't have to be throwing a real up. story. Yeah, just throwing up, puking in the corner, having a good time. I do have time to fit in my other podcast, 19 half years at the movies later. Uh, this year, uh, sorry, this day, next week, we're going over the movie Blade 2, if you remember that one. Oh! Uh, right? Oh! Great. I, it's a good get for my podcast. Blade 2 um, frustrated me so much, though, because... You, I, mean, I should have bought you on the podcast to talk about it, but go ahead. Tell me. Give me your insight right now. All right. So Blade 2, he encounters the Blood Pack, right? So that's the team that the vampires have been training for years with the sole purpose of defeating and killing Blade, right? Mm-hmm. But they got the Reapers, or the, yes, the Reapers, uh, which is that kind of predator hybrid version of... Uh, creature which is like a dual threat to both of them so he has to team up with the blood pack in order to defeat the reapers which i thought was awesome uh but i was a little disappointed i didn't get to see him in the blood pack uh throw down i thought that would have been a cool movie as well is him versus this whole team of uh blade killers essentially and he's got to run the gamut yeah that was a solid uh summary under three minutes i appreciate that appreciate if you could give me just a guess of what their budget was for fun uh, the Blade 2 budget, I'm saying, is $59 million. It was $54 million. Well uh, done. Yeah, John yeah, Tanky, yeah, he's yeah. getting in the zone. He's getting yeah. in the zone here. Uh, how much do you think it made in the box office worldwide? 219 Made $155 million. Ah! What's the highest grossing Blade film? 
And lastly, what would you rank this film out of 19 and a half? <laughs> well, I know what I'd rank it out of 17. Uh, but 19 and a half, I'd give Blade 2. I'd give it a solid, uh, I'd give a solid 12. 12? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Good job. Thanks, man. Yeah. You can also check out uh, the Flippin' J Show featuring producer Jay Swing, who we're still looking for some justice for. Because there's a vacant DJ position with the Vancouver Canucks, and everybody's got Jay Swing's back. I don't think anybody doesn't want him to get the job unless they want it themselves. Yeah, no, do the right thing. We, we ask you all the time to do the right thing with the jerseys, with the seats, but the number one thing to do, justice for Jay Swing. That's the number one hashtag campaign for us. Our top one, yes, justice for Jay Swing. That's all for this week. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to eat your Werther's candies, and no matter how bad things seem, you can always trust the process. Anytime is a good time for the swear word party.